0: future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. Oh, there are
1: new dreams, crowding out old realities. There's revolution, sweeping like a fresh new breeze. let you the shape of things nothing can change
2: the shape of things to come. welcome to the future quake show i am dr future
3: and i am tom big fan of uh, Stephen steven don't I, give it away
2: chimney dragon bionic okay all right yeah. I, just, I didn't give it away i came close but you stopped me yeah i mean you're giving it to him seconds ahead of time
4: <laughs> our guest.
2: Welcome to the Future Quake Show. It's another week on Future Quake. We're here with uh, Doc and Tom. Yeah. And uh, we have another, you know, I never tell them when they have the so-so guest, but I guess they'll be the judge of that. But I think yeah. you're going to find this a very I, I this interesting, and interesting and entertaining yeah. guest. Mm-hmm. And one that's uh, more of your classic feel-good Future Quake Show. Feel-good? Yeah, I mean, Maybe you know, last week, was, last week was last week's a little heavy. To say the least. You know, so... Um, not that the topic isn't heavy that we've got, but there's you'll find a lot of things in here that you're going to find inspirational in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we still have our prerequisite uh, UFO talk, and even, I think, a Nephilim that's mentioned yeah. in, early in the beginning well, of it. Well, let
3: me just say Rockefeller. Now we've are now we got the whole show. Glad you got, we that, got all that all wrapped the up. Rockefeller, Warburg,
2: yeah. UFO. We have Stephen King. Eulish, Dr. Stephen Eulish. Uh, who is a uh, frequent contributor and writer within ufology, a uh, Christian gentleman who has an incredible testimony you 're going to hear yeah. uh over the next couple segments of our show and we 're going to talk about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon and if you think that we 're setting like a broken record the last few weeks on future quake yeah, we 've really been emphasizing this in late spring, early summer, building up to the ancient of days Christian symposium on Aliens and UFOs, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about the last days matters and that, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Eulish uh, was scheduled to speak at the conference, uh, as we mentioned, and he's dealing with uh, a medical condition uh, right now that uh, it looks like it's going to at the last minute preclude him from going, but he's going to su- submit his material for I the see. panel session, so he I will see. be participating by proxy. Oh, well, there you uh, go. He'll be there, but I wanted our listeners to uh, be introduced to Dr. Eulish as well as ourselves. Mm. And yeah, I they think don't know us. We <laughs> Well, no, I, we wanted to, uh, to spend some time with Dr. Eulish as well as our first time with him, and I think we are the better for having had this experience, as our listeners Indeed. are going to find out. Indeed. Uh, he's a wonderful gentleman, and it's amazing he would associate himself with us and endure the reputation, but uh, with no further ado, we're going to... Go right to Dr. Stephen Eulish talking about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon. We'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I
3: am Tom. Happy to be here, ready to do this interview with Bionic. Great. Yeah.
2: Well, we're uh, we're here with another new friend that we have, uh, someone that you're really going to enjoy, all of our Futurians out there. We're with uh, Dr. Stephen Eulish. Uh, who has uh, written uh, considerably uh, uh, from a bi- biblical viewpoint about the UFO phenomenon. And we're going to talk today about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon. Uh, Dr. Eulich, I want to thank you so much for joining us on your first visit to the Future Quake Show.
5: Great. Glad to be here.
2: Well, it's a real honor to have you here. Um, I understand you're dealing with some some health issues right now. And I just got word that uh, it looks like you uh, you yeah. won't be able to attend with us uh at the ancient of days conference at Roswell but uh they've got you on the roster uh, uh as part of the panel along with uh yours truly here and a number of our other friends that uh, our listeners know will be there but i understand that your responses to the questions that they're putting together will be uh recited and reviewed at the uh, that's what ver- guy told me guy Malone said they'd right. read them aloud so so you you will be there uh, in, in, spirit. in In spirit, right and, and I know you'll be praying as well You know, it may turn out good for you Because if we have some people from uh, the other side There in town to come and rush the uh, podium Or the panel You may come out in good on this, you know That's
4: right You, you, <laughs> yeah. you
2: remember how they do the uh, um, What is it? The State of the Union address Where they always have one cabinet member Stays right. outside the location for security sake So I think you'll be our designee in, yeah, in the panel be, Yeah, to, to be remote from there. <laughs> um, now, to begin our discussions today, uh, could you share with our listeners just a little bit about your history, uh, your background, and, and some of your credentials?
5: Okay, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, which makes me an alien, though. No. Uh,
4: <laughs> and and
5: uh, I got a bachelor, a BA, in, in physical anthropology and human evolution from Case Western Reserve University. In 1969, and then I got a master's and a Ph.D. in history from the University of Illinois and taught, was a professor at the University of Arizona for seven years, and then was a Jewish community professional, you know, a fundraiser for the Jewish, a Pharisee, for the Jewish community <laughs> in, in Phoenix and in Tucson. So, I mean, I, I've got all kinds of different perspectives, but uh, my background is varied. In fact... As you said, my undergraduate is, is all science, and my graduate is all liberal arts. You know, history. So uh-huh, I've sort of yeah. got a little bit of both. Um, but that—that's pretty much my background. You know, I, my academic background and uh-huh. what I've done. Years. Uh, my major professor in graduate school, at the University of Illinois, was a Freudian Marxist. Mm. It's a side point. I mean, he sort of made Reverend he made Reverend Wright look like a, Catholic, you know. But uh, so I mean, I was I was I was educated by the by radicals. Yes. You know, revisionist historians. Right. Um, which is what I was in a, the previous life, but uh, it was a revisionist historian.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway. Well, um, you know, it's funny. It's like we're all taking some kind of different, unique paths, because uh, I'll speak for myself, I came from a very, very traditional evangelical view, certain political views, certain other kind of things, and I've been doing some of my own revisionism myself, <laughs> so I think I'm just about ten steps behind you. I've been going and reassessing some things, whereas you, you've you come sort of the other direction possibly. I've
5: come the other direction,
2: right. <laughs> the the um the thing that I found interesting you mentioned is that your undergraduate degree was, was in human evolution, is that correct? Yeah, was it-
5: Physical anthropology I got. It was in human paleontology and evolution.
2: Do they offer correct. degrees like that at many Christian schools? <laughs> you get a degree in evolution? I sort of doubt they it. Have... <laughs> yeah, Gary Bates, who was just on last week, I'm sure he would appreciate uh indeed. Yeah, indeed. your credentials in yeah. human yeah. evolution. Uh it's just so interesting where the Lord takes us, uh, in our background and experience. But now I understand you were you taught history, is that correct, at the University correct. of Arizona? Correct. Okay. Taught uh-huh.
5: history and did graduate classes uh independent studies and and new age i mean i wasn't even supposed to be doing that but i taught class alternate conceptions of reality i taught all these graduate seminars which were totally totally new age stuff about cosmic consciousness and reincarnation
4: Whoa.
5: kabbalah and all that kind of stuff i mean you know i was a I was a winner. You know. you know, You know, God really had to do something else we'll get into in my yeah, life because yeah. I want to set that credential. I mean, you're not dealing with a church-going, nice, sweet, yeah. Bible-reading boy here. I mean, you know, yeah. I was I was a mess.
2: So you would have had contempt for a traditional evangelical Christian worldview back at that time, I presume.
5: Pretty much. In fact, I remember, just, you just remember, me that uh, one of the professors at the University of Arizona Put a poster on his door, and it said, "In case of the rapture, this office will be unmanned,"
4: mm-hmm.
5: which made sense. But I mean, at the time, I thought he was an idiot. So I put on my door, "In case of rupture, this office will be unmanned." I mean, I was just a—I was a character, you know. I just thought because we used to—I used to walk down the the mall at the University of Arizona, and they had several. They had these preachers sometimes preaching you know in the middle of the mall. The, the mm-hmm. students and everything, and I would just stop at the at their table and argue with them all the time, you know. So.
2: Well, wow. and, and you were an intellectual. Oh, And, I'm I was, ma- and I imagine they you thought, too.
5: Well, I mean, you know, we know everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I imagine they found you very intimidating. Uh, oh, I'm
5: sure. I mean, you know, they still come to the door now, even now when Mormons or Witnesses come to the door, I give them a piece of my mind too. But uh, I. They say they're praying for me, and I said, "Well, that's nice, because I'm praying for you too."
0: Yeah, that's right. In
5: fact, these Mormons came to the door; these young kids, and they were sweet kids. There's a big Mormon church down the street from me, and, and 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 I told them they were going to hell, and anyways, but uh, shouldn't have done that. But anyways, <laughs> Mormons, we got a lot of Mormons here in in in, in Arizona and right. the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, what a screwed up religion. I mean, that's just it's just unbelievable. But anyway. <laughs>
2: Need not digress. Me. You know, uh, it's funny you mention that because how you just described yourself sounds like at that time you would have fit in perfectly with the people that I spoke at, with, at oh, in yes, Montreal. Oh, yes, exactly. You, you I, would have been hailed. I,
5: I listened to it this morning,
2: or this
4: uh-huh.
5: afternoon, part of it, both your and as well as the responses, the you know the, the right. uh, panel. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the, the major guy that was saying, oh, you know, we're all one and we're all the same and all religions have kernels of truth and. Bunch of garbage, and you know, so I mean, it's just downplays Christianity and Jesus. Right. Who needs Jesus if if all religions have the truth? And that and that Jewish guy with the Kabbalah guy was totally right. off the wall. Well,
4: Who they did enough? have
2: t- they did have two Christians amongst the group of three to four hundred people. You and so, the, my and, and our and other pastor assistant, Christ. yeah, an assistant pastor. So they did have two of us. But uh, yeah, they there were speakers there. Uh, James Hertak, I don't know if you remember him, that uh, talks about Metatron and. And uh, they had all sorts of sort of trance-inducing kind of presentations given there, where you had you know swirling screens and and uh, a lot of talk about the Space Brothers coming back and and saving us. So that was that was a big part of it. And I think you probably really would have enjoyed it back then. I just I would have. Uh, but little,
5: but anyway, had a little different message. Way, I'm, I'm Paul.
2: Uh-huh. I, right my, right. my
5: testimony, as we'll see, is Paul. I was a Jew of the Jews, as we'll see. You know, not only an intellectual, not only Jewish. Not only uh, all this other stuff, but I was just, a, and, and you're right, Christians just, you yeah. anyway.
2: We see <laughs> now that that's very
0: instructive
2: because your experience and your perception like that can be very instructive for us to understand how it is when the shoes are on the other feet and how we're right. perceived. I think it's important for us to know how we're perceived. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the other thing is that we all need to really be sober-minded when we hear your testimony to think, when we see people that have very different views like this that are hostile to the Christian message, our first initial gut reaction, particularly when there's packs of us Christians together, you know, when we have a mob of right. us, is to immediately demonize people, write them off, to, right. uh, to totally ex- push them out of the sphere of being able to hear the Word of God, which is totally unlike Jesus, uh, totally not what Jesus did. The Pharisees pushed people away that were, quote, sinners, uh, Jesus is the one that mixed it up with him. And then there was deliverance that came into their house when he did it. So right. the fact is, there are out there in that crowd of New Age folk, including the people in Roswell, there are going to be some uh, Stephen Eulishes out there today that are as right. rebellious as ever. And that, as Paul said, are kicking the goads, uh, trying to resist the word that's there. And they're going to continue to resist. But we need to look with with God's eyes and see the potential that's there and the deliverance that can occur with people. Amen. So, you know, I, that's
5: my three sons. I have three sons: Joshua, Avi, and Noah. Nice Christian names, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's why they think they think I'm totally off the wall. They, they can't understand, you know, what happened to their their father, who was a nice liberal Jewish Democrat.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Who's
5: now a uh, conservative Republican Christian. So to speak, and they right. can't relate to me at all it's very difficult wow you know but of course I was 40 by the time I found the Lord, so there's hope for them too that's yeah.
2: right yeah. that's right and we pray for everyone out there and, and um, that's something that we need to do is to be in an act of prayer uh, for those who need to hear the word hey why did you uh, why did the subject of UFOs get your attention and and how would you characterize how your 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 role and your interest evolved in the exploration of this issue?
5: Well, I, I I was thinking back when I got that question from you, and I, I was always interested in the New Age. I was searching, you know, as as a Jew. I was searching because Jews don't know what they believe. They just know they don't believe in Jesus. And other than that, they don't know anything. <laughs>
4: right. But,
5: uh, you know, so that was searching. And I was into UFOs and Atlantis and cosmic consciousness and reincarnation, you know, any 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 bizarre sort of thing. And I was um, I was a member of, I, I read of Pro- Project Blue Book and NICAP, the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomena, and APRO. I joined all those groups in the 60s, I guess it was, uh, Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. And uh, in fact, when I went to college in 1965, many years ago, uh, <laughs> as an undergraduate, <laughs> I went in astronomy. I was on a national defense student loan or something, and I wanted to study astronomy and exobiology, life on other planets. See, I, and I ended up graduating in paleontology. That's another store. That's another show. But, you know, I just kept searching and bouncing around even in majors. In fact, I, I did that for three years and then took all my credits for paleontology in my senior year, which is amazing, and graduated paleontology because I kept searching in the stars and I couldn't find any answers. So I figured maybe it's in our evolutionary past, you see. Right. I mean all these people want to put a little red string in their hair arm and, and play with Kabbalah, which you're not even supposed to do unless you're forty so Jewish male forty and learned it in the Torah and the Talmud. She doesn't have any of those. Right. You know, people they say it could kill you if you play you could see why. It could. I mean it it's demonic stuff and if you don't know if you're not really grounded, they can really and I studied it and, and, and got involved in that stuff and been saw uh, Andrew Casey for many years too, you know that mm. sleeping prophet and another case, But you know all this stuff. I was searching for meaning. So,
4: anyways, mm. but wow. that's
5: how I got into that stuff and read a lot of Brad Steiger's books. You know Brad Steiger, the writer. Mm-hmm. Right. We've been we used to correspond about a year ago because he wrote several articles for UFO Digest and I started corresponding with him, and he finally dropped me because. I sort of questioned his Christianity and he didn't like that so Oh really. Yeah, wow. he he said because he talks about reincarnation on his website. I said, How could you as a Christian talk about reincarnation? Well, there's many passing and he didn't like it. He said you're very Uh-oh. judgmental and you know, and he said you sound just like my wife <laughs> my wife's family.
4: <laughs>
0: his wife's
5: got a it's just like a, a Lutheran pastor. Okay. And and, and her family I guess, thinks he's real new age, and they don't like it anyway, so... Wow. Well,
2: so what, I've
5: had some interesting things. Yeah, what kind of like
2: what kind of impact do you think you've had on the UFO community through your articles and your things like this? I
5: hope I've had uh, some. You know, I always get frustrated and think I don't do anything. And my wife says, you never know who you're touching, because I've written like 68 articles for UFO Digest over the last two and a half years. And... uh it's amazing. I get comments from people all the time, both pro and con. You know, a lot of people, uh, the, the, the New Age people, think I'm totally crazy and judgmental and Christian, all the things we say about any Christian. But uh, the Christians that write me say, oh, it's wonderful, I'm glad you write articles, that's why I read this website and blah, blah, blah. And I keep figuring out, what are Christians doing on that site? I can't figure <laughs> right. out. Yeah. Right. Well, what do you do? I don't... But there's apparently a lot of them because they, they write and say, Oh, we enjoy your articles very much and in fact somebody just wrote me this morning, a pastor out of Michigan, some woman and her, her husband are both pastors at some church in Michigan. She just read one of my books, she said, It's marvelous. That's the first fiction she said I've read in twenty years. And uh it was really great and I wrote her back, I said, Thank you very much, God bless you Why don't you read my other book? And she said, I already read that years ago. Go start writing again, Steve <laughs>
2: and
4: uh well you so, know, I, mean, I
5: get i I get feedback like that all the time, pro and
2: con let me explore your th- your point you just made about why are these Christians on a website like that and you and, and I'd like your feedback on this. think about christian talk radio how many shows and I'm not talking about the internet, I'm talking about the main broadcast uh shows on on radio. How uh, many of them do you think talk about these kind of subjects on the radio airwaves?
5: Probably not very many.
2: I mean, do you know that many that are actually broadcasting out of, you know, AM or FM radio stations that are talking about UFOs? or? No, talking I, don't about their impact? Think, I
5: don't think they are at all. Many of them are. I mean, I most of the radio shows I've been on are the opposite. The New Age, the, uh, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um
2: And just you, you know, we have a we have a subculture of Christians that have have a host of wonderful internet-based radio shows that talk about some of these kind of things, and you know some yes, of your associates and mine. But when you go to, you know, but a lot of times we're sort of preaching to the choir yeah. amongst people who've heard a lot of this, and you know we're getting new information and sharing it with each other. But as far as taking this information out to a part of the body of Christ that is totally unprepared for what's coming on the earth, uh. I don't know beyond I our right. I don't yeah. know beyond our show in mainstream Christian radio where right. else and and we've had certain radio networks that have considered our show say, Well, you know, we just don't know if there's an audience out there for it.
3: Yeah, their 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 comment and is always we want something that's new and different but just like all the other stuff. Just
2: like everything else that's because yeah. they 'cause they're 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 so afraid to rock the boat. And and I make the point that, you know, if you if you look at coast to coast AM radio with uh, with Art Bell which a lot of these people aren't aware of, it's the second most popular show on radio after Rush Limbaugh. And you've got you know somewhere around 10 million people listening, and I, many of those are Christians, and occasionally there are Christian authors on the show or Christian writers, guests. But the fact is, Christians have a hunger to talk about these things, but they have to put up with all the other New Age stuff mixed in yeah. the middle of it because it doesn't come from a Christian base, from the show base. And that's why, you know, in, in when we see the ratings on the, on the History Channel, on the Discovery Channel, on these networks, there's a real thirst to talk about the end times, to talk about, you know, this whole thing with the mysteries of, of the earth, like UFOs and things. And uh, I, to me, in our opinion, we think a lot of mainstream Christian radio is dropping the ball. Uh, And it's forcing Christians to go into areas that are not best suited. So, you know, what what you're doing in your articles in UFO Digest and elsewhere is that you're you're reaching a hunger. You're reaching people who are hostile to Christianity that may be hearing the gospel for the first time. You're also reaching Christians that are that are afraid to even bring it up in their own church. They're afraid to mention it to the person next to them in their church. Mm -hmm. And so, you you have become a virtual lifeline to them to be able to talk about some of these issues. So. Um, yeah, I've
5: been on another Rob McConnell. That's what I was thinking. x Radio. I've been on his radio show sure. for years and Jerry Pippen. I don't know if you know, he does a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on UFOs. Right. And, and But both of them eventually dropped me over the years
4: uh-huh. because I was
5: too Christian. <laughs> you know, really, I could tell. They they would talk for a while, and I I would never pull any punches. I'd tell them exactly where uh, I'm coming from. Uh, yeah. but, but after a while, they got tired of it. Rob McConnell said, I was raised in the church. And I know the Bible, and it's a bunch of garbage. And he starts quoting the Bible to me. He says, look, it's all contradictory. It's written by several people over, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I think, I think you're absolutely right. We need to get Christians that will do that and Christian programs. I remember I used to be at a Baptist church years ago, about ten years ago, and shortly after I got saved, and uh, I started a adult Bible study. About all this stuff with UFOs
4: and
5: nephilim right. mm-hmm. and fallen angels, oh my God! The pastor went crazy. He <laughs> thought I was totally nuts. <laughs> yeah, you're sure you're saved.
4: You, you yeah. know,
5: you got one foot in the world and blah blah blah. And his wife was in the Bible study one time, I and mean, you should have seen. She just went crazy. You Could see she's moaning and groaning and throwing her head around. You know, shaking her head at me like I was. Uh,
2: because they didn't they didn't hear that stuff in seminary. They weren't taught it in no. seminaries, even though it was so in the Bible. They that's
5: the sons of God, the daughters of men in Genesis. said, no, that's the sons of Cain or sons of Seth. He came up with that, that when they stretched the, right. the word, I think, to, to make it fit. Which yeah.
2: even the early church didn't teach. Even the early church didn't teach what they said. But you know the funny thing is, I bet you the rest of the people in that class were on the edge of their seats. Oh, wanting yeah. to hear about what you had to say. Uh, but... You know, and it was out of the Bible. You know, I'm I'm presuming your teaching was directly yep, out of absolutely. the Bible, but but it broke the paradigm. So I, I just want to thank our radio station WENO, yeah, for being brave enough to give us a drive time slot to even broach these subjects that are taboo elsewhere, and to provide needed information in these last days.
5: You better check though after i on. You never know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> really, because it, you know because it's pushing. As you said, I've been on several. I've been on the right. first Net with, uh, what's his name, and well, you, you uh, Liz Barzulli and his program. Last week I was interviewed again.
0: Yeah, you, mm-hmm.
2: you, che- you check our archives of shows. You'll understand we've, we've walked that edge for a long time. But our goal is to provide answers to Good. things that people aren't hearing elsewhere. And your examples are just proving the point on why our show exists. And by God's grace, hopefully it will be preserved. And I want to encourage all of our listeners, even if you're listening over the Internet at other places... Uh, write your local Christian radio station and ask them to pick up our show. We, we, we've never put out an appeal like that, Dr. Eulich, but since we're on this okay. topic, it seems to me that there are you know, people on the Internet, they know to go look for this kind of stuff, they know to get this information, but we need to share this with people who've never heard, people in the church and people outside. Mm-hmm. Please go, even if you're listening on the Internet, send your something to your local radio station saying, listen to this, we need people like Dr. Yulish on more frequently. You are back at Future Quake with Doc Future.
3: And Tom Doc Future Compliment dot 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 bionic.
2: Explain that to me. I don't know. Oh, have that's a educational Bayesian, background. That's a
3: Bayesian probability thing. It probably very it's probably so elementary for you. No. It's like it's you know
2: But all those people in our audience that are interested in Bayesian probability stuff are just slapping their knees right like, now in laughter.
3: Gosh. R, they know that. Yeah, that's like R squared or that, R
2: cubed. Yeah, they don't get enough of that humor. Yeah. R- particularly on Christian radio. Well you know
3: you know what R cube stands for.
2: Oh uh, well it's part of a sphere, part of the uh surface area of a sphere A volume four thirds power cubed is the uh volume of the sphere or, four power squared is the surface area.
3: Or if you were making a joke in this context it would be R R R Okay.
2: Well, we've used most of our time when we should have been saying how great Dr. Eulish is. He was great. And his wonderful testimony, which you're going to hear the full fruits of it this next segment. Uh, he shared a little bit about his background, and his Jewishness not only comes apart in his nature of speaking, but you're going to find out God has used this in a very special way for him. Yeah. And uh, the way he uh, does some unique things in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, and he has a very, very special testimony uh, that you're going to hear more about. Yeah. But he's already having an impact in ufology, and we're going to explore that further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that you're going to find very evangelical and very encouraging, I hope. But with no further ado, we need to bring our own UFO yeah. with Murph to come in and tell you how to contact us at Future Quake.
6: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. during the radio broadcast.
2: Okay, we got to run.
3: I was wondering how you're going to bring that in. <laughs> okay,
2: yes, we got to go. Come back tomorrow. Till then, we hope your futures are bright. Have a good day.
0: Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. There are new dreams. Nothing can
4: change the shape of things. Nothing can change
1: the shape.
2: Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom uh,
3: Poisson Random Variable. You better hurry up. Okay. Sorry. Sorry.
2: Uh, We don't have much time today, like Jack Bauer would say. Because we need to hurry up and introduce our guest, Dr. Stephen Eulish, mm-hmm. uh, talking about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon.
3: Well, let's just go right to him.
2: This is a very special segment. You're going to be blessed by his testimony in this. It's um, a very rare treat that we get on Future Quake, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about it when we get, come back right after this segment of Future Quake. And I, I want to go on and uh, uh, discuss a little bit um, your, your conversion experience. You, you mentioned a little bit about. Uh, your, your uh, Jewish upbringing and that you were, in fact, very right. hostile to uh, the Christian teaching and, and used your God-given intellect in opposition uh, to this information for a long time. What happened? What turned you in the right
4: direction?
5: Okay, I was, as you said, I was brought up, I was born Jewish or whatever. My parents are Jewish. My parents are, my father's a Russian immigrant who came over in 1923 you know, on the boat, Ellis Island, the whole story. My mother came over, family came over earlier, also Russian Jews. And uh, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I, I went to an Orthodox uh synagogue as a child, was bar mitzvahed on my 13th birthday, was sent to Hebrew school for four years before that. You know, I've had this because I've argued with rabbis since my conversion. They say, you're not a Jew, you never were a Jew. I said, look, I'm more Jewish than you are, you know, because I went through all this stuff and uh and then i then i uh was in a jewish fraternity at case west reserve i was in jewish faculty with the with, when i was at the university of arizona i mean i've always been involved with jewish people my whole life and uh and then I, in fact, i was teaching when i was teaching at the university of arizona one time i was teaching i had written a paper for a feminist journal called Adam, male, female, or both, talking about how Adam is androgynous, and Adam's a female, I mean, God's a female, all kinds of crazy stuff. Anyways, and I had it. there's a Christian woman that's a graduate of history class, the first day, and this, grad, this woman in the back of him throws her head up, throws her, her head over her, her hands over her head, starts shaking her head. I could tell I really upset her, and I was, yes, good. Anyway, she came up after class and said, you know, I went back to school, uh, later in life or whatever, and I and I get you. I take fine, take a graduate history class. I figured, how bad could it be? She said, "I'm a Christian," and and I said, "I thought you Christians are supposed to love all of us
4: pagans." <laughs> they said, "You'd hang
5: me from the nearest tree." She dropped the class the next day. Anyway, smart lady. But anyway, um, you know, so so I was uh, as I said, you know, now I've got a Christian heart, guys, but I still have a Jewish mouth. But anyways, um. <laughs> So I'm working on it. My wife says I gotta really still work on it. But anyway, so, so I was involved in the Jewish community as we talked about. It was a fundraiser. I used to go talk to all the rabbis. This was in the early '80s. I used to talk to all the rabbis because I was a, I was a Jewish community professional, you know, and was in charge of raising money for the community. In fact, Benjamin Natiao came to one of our speeches, one of our dinners. He's really? now the prime minister. He came in, I think it was '84, '85. He was then he was then ambassador to the United Nations, and he, we brought him in as, as a speaker for a fundraising dinner. And I remember talking to him,
4: mm-hmm.
5: talked to him, and I said, you know, I was a professor before I did this gig. I used to be a professor, and uh, he said, oh, his father was a history professor. I didn't know any. And we talked, and he was a really nice, interesting fellow, really loved Israel, loved the Jewish people. I'm glad he's the prime minister now. I hope he stands up to the Palestinians and Obama. But anyways, so uh, I was doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, uh, in the mid-'80s, I got divorced. I lost my job. I was screwing up. Anyway, my life was just totally a mess. And... uh, Then I was diagnosed with MS. That was also in 87, about uh, January February of 87. So my whole life was falling apart. You know, God was really trying to get my attention, Mm -hmm. as they say. And everything, you know, I lost my job, lost my marriage, lost my kids, lost my health. My father died right then, too. It was just a really traumatic time. And I find myself working for a Christian company.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's
5: a, uh, I'm doing fundraising, I'm not fundraising, um, Selling gold over the phone, you know what do you call it, uh, the precious metals. It was it was a Christian company, and the guy was on Christian radio, and that's how he drummed up business. And all the all the not Jews working for the company, they made all the money. The Christians who witnessed the, the clients on the on the phone, the Jews would just take all their money. Anyway, and <laughs> I figured, but God put me in this company. Now I look back on it, it was what what kind of thing was that? But on the other hand. I went to work in uh in eighty seven. By the time I left in ninety one I was saved and uh married to my my Christian wife Paula. Anyways, but uh so I found myself working for this Christian company. I didn't want to do that, but I needed a job, blah blah blah. And and uh I talked to the manager who was Jewish, the floor manager of this company, and he said, Ah, it's okay, there's a lot of Jews working here, you know, you'll have Christian clients, but just, you know, tell them you're Jewish, they'll love you, and just take their money. Anyway, so I did this, and, uh, and there were two guys there, Philip and, particularly Philip and Chuck. Philip was an ex-Marine who used to be in, from Texas, who used to be a hustler in a bar and numbers runner. He was a real tough character, and, uh, he took me sort of under his wing, and he would sit there every day next to me and sleep every day for a year. And I would just, you know, I would just fight with him. He called me Jew boy. That didn't help.
4: Mm-hmm. He called me
5: he called me Jew boy, and I called him you Texas hillbilly. <laughs> so we'd go at it all the time. We used to call it the Gaza Strip because we would fight and argue all the time. And, uh, and then Chuck was also there, and also my current wife Paula was working there. That's where I met her. And uh she also listen to me but she was pretty so I listened to her. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing guys would just beat me up, I'm going to hell and all this stuff. Anyway, so this went on for a year and I and I thought, This is you know, this is crazy. But
2: uh You know Jonah only had to put up with three days in the belly of the whale. I <laughs> and know. And you you had a whole year of it.
5: Day after day after day. And then one day the, the, we had a seminar in Texas and uh we all flew off and, and, and the president of the company we all had to pay because we were independent contractors. We, I was in coach, and the president was in uh, – the, the, the head of the company was in first class, of course. And uh, he said, Steve, you want me to bump you up to first class? You can sit with me. And I thought to myself, Craig, the only reason you're going to do this is you're going to take out your Bible and witness to me. Forget about it. So I'm going to stay back in coach. So I'm sitting in coach, and this was in the spring of, of 88, and about nine months into this – or eight months into this thing – and I'm sitting back in coach, not with him, and this lady sits down next to me. And I was reading some Jewish book or whatever, because she looked over, she saw me reading it. She took out, she said, oh, my God. She opened her purse, took out her Bible. She said, I'm a Christian. She started witnessing to me. And I said, oh, my God, you people are everywhere. <laughs> What's going on here? And, and, and then I got back to my, to my uh, apartment, and I was living with a woman at the time, and uh, I heard a knock on the door. We're sitting in bed, we're in bed, and, and there's a knock on the door. And what is this? And I look back on it, you know, in hindsight, that just said I'm a knock, you know, anyway. And I just look around. So I'm living with a woman. I'm totally, I had an astrologer, I had a psychic, I had all kinds of new age people in my life. I, I was really living, I was as far away from the Lord as possible. Anyway, so then Philip, he used to have me over for dinner, he'd make me catfish and he'd make me all kinds of stuff, nice Jewish boys and eat or ribs or something. Right. And uh and uh it's a free meal, so I went. But then I figured after the meal he said, Let's pray and I figured, oh, he gave me a meal so I'm gonna let him pray. And one time this was in the fall of of eighty eight, probably September, August, September of eighty eight, and and we're all standing out, he had another couple and we were all holding hands with our eyes closed, you know, and praying. Uh, thank you lord for the and and all of a sudden I saw something and and my eyes were closed, but I saw this image before my eyes and it it was a a, a being in a in a monk's robe like a black robe, no face hooded, and he's waving around a sword i'm gonna know yeah he's no wait a minute there's a there was another being with a sword trying to attack him and uh Philip must have seen me, my eyes moving or something. And he said, what would you see, Jew boy? I said, nothing, it's stupid, forget about it. He said, what did you see? He kept nagging me. I said, I saw this being robed, you know, dark black, and and he saw the being in in a sword attacking him. He said, oh, my God, that's Ephesians 6. Put, you know, put on the full armor of God, and, and he just... He went crazy, and I said, that, "That's coincidence. That's not the Bible. How do I know the Bible? I don't know the New Testament at all." And and then shortly after that, um, I was sitting in my cubicle at the desk, and I saw this image right in front of me. And I was trying to take somebody's money, some little lady's money, you know, and and make a deal. And all of a sudden, it's on the cross. That's not an image that a nice Jewish boy sees. Jesus on the cross. And there was lightning all over the sky, uh, which is what the Bible says. Lightning all over the sky and he had his head down and, and that was it. And I and, and it went away and I'm looking around. Philip and all these other people didn't see it. They were looking at this. Only I saw it. And I figured, what's going on here? The next day that I saw another image in front of my desk at the at the office or my my cubicle. And it was Jesus on the cross again. You know, but then this time he lifts his. It was daytime. He lifts his head up from the, you know, being down like in his chest, and he lifts it up, and light beams out of his eyes all the way to the sky. He breaks the fetters of the cross. He gets off it and walks all over the earth. The light still beaming from his eyes. Now, of course, I realized later when I read the Bible, because I never read the Bible, mm-hmm. that you said, "I'm the light of the world." Right. I didn't know that. But God showed me pictorially see this, and I'm trying to explain it. And it's hard to do. It really touched my heart, and He opened my heart, took the uh, blindness uh, blinders off my eyes. And that night, when I'm sleeping with my girlfriend, and I wasn't in church, I'm sleeping with my girlfriend, and I had a dream, or a, or a vision, that I had to be crucified in order for all my friends to live. And I felt the um, the flogging on my back, and even though it didn't happen, and the mm-hmm. Nails going through my hands and and i and I woke up and I was just sweating, looking over at my girlfriend, you know I'm not in church yeah and 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 I just really touched me my eyes were open, I really understood what Jesus did for me, given this this real obstinate Jewish pagan you know troublemaker guy, just like paul on the on the road to right. Memphis. I had my <laughs> revelation experience, yeah. the blinders went off of my eyes. I went into work that day, got down on my knees with Philip and turned my life over to the Lord, which was October of 88. You know, oh. 21 years ago.
0: Praise the Lord. And
5: uh never never look back. And my life has never been the same since then. And that's why my kids we say you are a new man in Christ. My kids can't figure out, my boys from my first marriage can't figure out what happened to me. I've explained it to them, but they just they can't. I mean, they're they're just like I was. I mean,
4: mm-hmm. they're
5: blind and and they don't see. And uh and I said, "There's about as much chance of, of my boys ever coming to Christ as there was for me. Impossible. So, so <laughs> all things are possible, you know. But exactly. as you said, you yeah. never know. You never know. It's not over till it's over. But that was it. That was pretty much my my experience, uh, my testimony. I should say.
2: That's and, that's uh, that's quite a story. Uh, I mean, that's quite a testimony you have. And boy, it's so convicting to me. That the overwhelming number of Christians would, would come across somebody of like you, particularly if you smarted off at them very arrogantly, you know, yeah. in, in your uh, ridicule of Christianity. So many Christians would have written you off and said, boy, it's going to feel awfully hot down there and just kept on their way. Yeah, but, but there were a few, <laughs> There were a few people who didn't give up on you. The The main one was Jesus himself. Right. Jesus himself was willing, he was willing to give you any kind of weird dream or whatever thing he needed to do to reach you, he was going to do. Because and, Jews
5: need signs. It says, Paul said in Corinthians, Jews need signs, Greeks need wisdom. Mm-hmm. Jews, Jewish people love signs, and all the people, all the Jews that I know, many of them that have come to the Lord, have had a sign like that. They've had an experience, some kind of revelation experience, because Jewish people, we Jewish people have a lot of baggage about Christians. You know, we'll mm-hmm. tell you about the Crusades, the Inquisition, the Holocaust, whatever. We we know every bad thing ever done to us and uh usually by so called Christians. So there's a lot of negative baggage there that God really has to reach down and touch us.
4: And to
2: it requires or... it requires a lot of patience on behalf of those of us who had the the privilege and the and the grace of God to be raised in a Christian home, to be all around the Bible. It it takes patience to realize those who've not been You know, so graciously given that at a young age to understand that, and I'm so thankful for your friends who obviously were imperfect people, like all of us are. You know, they weren't perfect in every respect, but they were diligent and they refused to give up to to uh, keep being in your face and being a a witness and testimony until God honored their work and they saw fruit.
5: Always me over for dinner, and I knew in my heart, deep down, that he really loved me. You know, they really cared for me. I could feel. That Christian spirit in it, even though I rejected it as much as I could, I fought it. But I could tell that he really cared for me, you
3: know? Brother
2: Stephen, you're, you're, it's getting a little muffled there. If you could stay a little closer to the speaker there.
3: Yeah. Sounds like you're dancing or something.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Are you there? Yeah,
2: yeah I'm here. Okay. Much better. Yeah, much better. You Thank you. Just got a little muffled. Uh, so so you, you knew, even though I'm sure you didn't let him know that all that time, but you knew he cared for you. Even the fact that he was going through all this hassle and effort of sharing this with you and I'm I'm sure you fought right back, but in the middle of that you knew that was an expression of his care for you. Is that what you said? Yeah, saying?
5: absolutely. Yeah, I said I knew that he loved me, I could tell he fed me. Anyways, but you know, he would do things and then after I got saved he baptized me in his swimming pool in Phoenix. He held me under for about five minutes. I kept saying, Philip, what did you what did you why did you hold me under so long? He said you had a lot of sin, you boy. <laughs> so I think there's a special place in heaven, guy. I mean, I really do for men like that, Yeah. who really, you know, brought somebody to the truth and and uh that's amazing. He was he was faithful, as I said, for a year, every day. And what they call it the god trip at work, as we would fight and argue. And oh, one time he got mad at me. we were on the third floor. He got so frustrated, which you understand. When people still get frustrated with me. But anyway. He got so frustrated. I feel like throwing you off this balcony. And I said, oh, that's Christian. <laughs> look, that's Christian. You always said you want to convert us, and if not, you'll kill us. I said, So, I mean, you <laughs> well, been do that for 2,000
2: years. And look at the fruit of your life of the last 21-ish years. 20 years. And, you know, that's an extension of, of what he did. and Absolutely. And those who you have led to the Lord, those you've influenced, uh their conversion is going to be an impact back on you. So it is a privilege to serve the Lord, isn't it?
5: Absolutely. Praise God, it is.
2: To be a part of His family and to see see the spread, the work of the Holy Spirit, to see the spread of the good news. And in fact, God has called you to a very, very unique uh, ministry and a unique group of people through your work in this UFO issue. And, oh, I, and
5: absolutely. Because I, I know, as I said, when I talk to them, you know, uh, I said, I've been there, done that. I know exactly where they're coming from. I used to be just like you, I used to say to them. I still say to them, I should say, in my articles. And uh, so I said, God can touch you. He can touch me. He can touch anybody. Don't close it out. So uh, Right. But, but I can relate to it. Or even my wife works at the university here, Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, And I know many of the faculty. And I talk to the faculty and... Uh, you know, they can say a lot of things about me, but they can't say I'm stupid or uneducated, which they normally say about Christians, you know. right? Oh, I said I got a PhD just like you. Do. Don't 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 try to talk to me about how smart you are, how educated you are.
2: So, uh Well, God needed somebody exactly like you with your background, your credentials, your personality to do exactly what he needed to do yeah, with certain I people. So. <laughs> and uh, it's exciting, you know, we meet people like that on our show here. And to find the unique field that the Lord placed them in, you know, our chief executive, our commander finds, uh, the right people for the right place. It, regarding this uh, UFO topic, which is the, the the main focus of our discussion here, right. how would you describe your overall view of the explanation of the UFO and alien phenomena? And and what's driving it behind the scenes?
5: Okay, I believe, and I've been writing about this for, what now, ten years, whatever, whatever. I believe that the uh, aliens are fallen angels. I believe that they're, they're spiritual entities, demonic entities are not extraterrestrial i don 't believe in extraterrestrials. I get in some fight with Christians. i don 't believe there's life on other planets. I believe the Bible says not that man is unique we 're special, created in the image of God. but anyway, so I believe that the that the whole UFO or alien phenomenon are fallen angels. I believe that the reason. Their purpose, in my mind, and that's what I wrote about in my in my books, my novels, is that I believe when the rapture takes place, which I believe is going to happen sooner than later, and all the Christians disappear one day from the face of the earth, it'll be explained to those left behind as an abduction by UFOs. I mean, it makes sense. It fits into our whole mindset, and mm-hmm. the, the country's mindset. People would rather believe, including my son's, so we were taken by UFOs, that believe we were taken with Jesus to be in the air. I mean, they think that's crazy.
4: Right. Right.
5: Unbelievable. So I believe that's that's what's fueling it, and that's where we're seeing movies coming out like The Day of the Earth Stood Still Again and Knowing and, and Witch Mountain, whatever. We're seeing all these movies, which we've seen over the years, um, increasingly, increasingly about UFOs and, and aliens. And, you know, I, I believe that that's what's driving it. And uh, because it's preparing the people for for what's going to happen, and there were those left behind, it's gonna, that's the false deception that they're going to be given. And they're going to mm-hmm. buy it, which is what the Bible talks about. It talks about Thessalonians. Paul talks about how the deluding spirit is going to be sent on the people, and they're going to believe a lie, and even the elect will be deceived. So, I mean, I think this is they are just setting the, the trap, so to speak, for the great deception that... That's about to happen, and uh, you know that's what I think driving it. I think that the UFO phenomenon is real in a sense. You know, a lot of people, from Christians to others, think it's crazy, it's made up, it's not true. No, I believe that it's a phenomenon that's out there, but it's not it's not extraterrestrial. It's spiritual. It's it's, it's fallen angels who are using images of, of of spacecraft because that's something we can technologically understand in our society. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's what's driving it. I think the rapture is driving it. Well, uh,
2: how how did you come to this understanding? What clicked in your head, and when that that what you saw in this had a biblical answer to it?
5: That's a good question. Uh, in the mid '90s, I think it was '95, I wrote a a, a screenplay. God just touched me and told me what it was. I guess that, that's the, answer, the quick answer to your question. You know, as I got as I got saved in '88 and as I got more involved in the Word because I never read the Bible, started reading the Bible. God just opened my eyes that it was this great deception. And then I wrote a screenplay, screenplay, but for the X Files TV show, and I think in '95, and sent it to which was very popular at the time. And Chris Carter, I wrote, sent it to his produ- the producer. Chris Carter and his and his uh, assistant, I sent this little spec treatment, I think they called it, that, I wrote, which said I think it would be a good show for the X Files or a good movie for the X Files, saying that uh, what well, I'm just saying that it's, that uh, all people are going to disappear from the earth and it's not abduction by UFOs, should actually be with Jesus in the air during the Rapture, and 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 they said oh we really enjoy your writing they wrote back in about a month to his secretary Kitty Brophy oh that's very nice but it's not for us. And that was not surprising because I figured it was so religious they wouldn't want it anyway, but they didn't send it back. They didn't Mm -hmm. return it. And then about a year later, I said, we enjoy your writing, but it's not for us. A year later, I got a letter, which I have from 20th Century Fox Legal Counsel, saying we don't read unsolicited manuscripts. It's against our policy. Mm -hmm. They already told me they read it. And and then they sent it back. This was a year later, and I'm figuring, maybe I've got something here. So I just I rewrote right. it with uh, characters, and that was my first novel, The Radar Positive Deception. And and, and and that's the real story of UFOs. And so that's how I got involved in that. But the Lord sort of just opened my eye, if you're asking how
4: right.
5: th- that was it. And uh, I tried to share it with people. I've been trying to share it with people for so now with years. And uh, some Christians mm-hmm. accept it, some don't, and you yeah. know, whatever. And what other n- people do it, though.
2: We're back at Future Quake
3: with Doctor Future. And Tom impressed by that uh, segment, Bionic.
2: Yeah, what a what great. a unique testimony he yeah, has. That
3: whole salvation experience. I was very impressed. It's
2: encouraging on a bunch of levels.
3: Yeah. I was very impressed with the fact well, obviously the whole interview, you know, his Jewishness mm-hmm. and that sort of thing really comes We comes salute across. Philip for yeah, his work indeed and, and, what and was we the wouldn't have had this show without him what was the other oh
2: chuck's mentioned later yeah. in the show oh, yeah but uh Philip, we just thank you, and you know, I also thank Jesus Christ because he wouldn't have been saved oh, well yeah, that and the work of yeah. Jesus Christ and his sacrifice <laughs> on the cross, so yeah, I guess ultimately all praise goes to Jesus Christ, of course, of which course. is always a good default answer for yeah. us on a Christian uh, yeah. show yeah any any quick comments before we um, go about he he was very good
3: um again, I was very impressed with the the amount of change that had to go on very yeah there were a lot of things that I kind of was sympathetic yeah. to, to be honest,
2: and that gives him a unique role, yeah it's yeah. very similar to your. Testimony in, in many was, ways. Yeah. The Lord uses amazing people. Uh, speaking of amazing people, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake?
6: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Doctor Future and Tom Bionic at Doctor Future at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
2: Okay, it's time to go. Let's hit it. Okay, come back. We'll have a little more time to chat tomorrow. Uh, catch the continuing saga of Dr. Stephen Eulish. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day.
0: Ciao, baby. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 There are
4: new dreams. Nothing can change the shape of things. Nothing can
1: change the shape of things.
2: Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future.
3: And I, of course, am Tom Bionic. No middle name.
2: Wow. Except... I feel cheated. Except... R-R-R... R... -R. R Cubed. Cubed. Yeah. okay, all right. Uh, yeah, if you weren't here on Monday and Tuesday, you don't know any Well, people don't have any idea what we talk about anyway, even um, if they make every show. Yeah, yeah I don't know what you're Neither doing. do we. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's wonderful to have you uh, back with us mm-hmm. again, all our fellow Futurians and mm-hmm. new people joining us here. We're at, right in the middle of our interview with Dr. Stephen Eulish, uh, talking about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon. And we had a very special show yesterday that... You know, it had some stuff about UFOs, but the the real star of it was his testimony on how the Lord reached down and took a cynical, know-it-all mm-hmm. uh, scientist, uh, scholar, you know, literary person who was Jewish, didn't want anything to do with Jesus, didn't want anything to do with conventional religion, was happy in New Age and mm-hmm. everything else he could get into far out, and that didn't stop the Lord nor a co-worker. From not giving up on Doctor Eulish.
3: Yeah, I uh, like I said, like I said yesterday, I really sort of resonated a little bit with that in that, you know, the Lord took everything away from him, and you know, there was all this sort of stuff that had to go on. The Lord sort of overcoming bounds that normally mm-hmm. most Christians tend to go, oh well, he's just one of those guys, right, right. You know? And did Lord, you
2: have any weird visions like he was talking about?
3: Uh, I actually have some, had some weird visions like that, although really? not. not Based on my salvation experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. He um, um. Well, I, it created and and as we'll hear later, it provided him a unique testimony he can give to other people mm-hmm. to head them off at the pass when they try to quickly dismiss him, much like Paul did when Paul would the, the Jews in the in the synagogue in was hard top, Pharisee
3: Pharisees. Yeah. Set at the feet the of day. yeah, set
2: at the feet of Gamaliel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul did. You know, he was mm-hmm. the king of the Jews and. Of of Jewishness and, uh, you know.
3: You know, I heard just recently they found, they uncovered a bunch of Gamaliel's letters. And mentioned I think Saul. I heard that too. Yeah, mentioned Saul saying that he was, the biggest problem with them is that they couldn't find enough to give him to read.
2: Really? Yeah. Now, wasn't Gamaliel, didn't we read this in church this past week, that he was the one that, when they were going to stone the apostles, he stood up in the Sanhedrin. And yeah. said, don't do yes, that because did. if it be of God. Yeah, if it's If he God, only had any idea what one of his students uh-huh. was going to do. Yeah if it's, a, I assume it's the same
0: Gamaliel.
3: It is. You know, he he. I think he even wrote a, uh, like a like a a tract making fun of the Gospel of John. No, oh, really. Yeah, I want to say that him or made it might have hmm. been. An I wonder
2: which one has been read more over history: his tract or the Gospel of John. I would have to say probably the Gospel of John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Eulish is a delight and mm-hmm. just a pleasure to talk to. He gave us a little uh, cultural uh, zest yeah. and a little variety in our show.
3: We should probably go to him now. If all else fails, I on. guess we should let him talk. No, I don't
2: know. It's it's pretty engaging. listening Gosh, to you and I. I
3: tell you, I just sound so good. <laughs> but if we got to listen to the doctor, oh, doctor right. Dr.
2: Eulish, won't you come in and uh, class up this place? Uh, with no further ado, here's Dr. Stephen Eulish talking about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Speaking of your first book, can you give us a very brief because we've got a lot to talk about in yeah. in our remaining time here a brief brief capsule of the books you've written on this subject and the purpose for each of them
5: okay the first one was the great Harpazo, deception, the real story of u f o s which is uh, which was about a uh, they're both novels but uh both fiction so a lot of but uh the first one was was the main character was Judah myer, who an Israeli colonel to work for the IDF, and he comes to to go to West Point, uh, even though he's older and he doesn't really get it, but he goes to work at West Point, graduates from West Point, and uh, goes to work for the uh, CIA and gets involved in remote viewing, the whole thing of using psychics to uh, to spy on other nations, you know, to have them in a room and they can just tune into Moscow or tune into whatever, Korea. And at the t- he actually some of the, the psychics that were involved in this special program tuned into some aliens that were in space, and that gets involved the whole thing about Azazel, my main character, Azazel, the fallen angel, chief fallen angel, and, and, and they get involved with him. And it basically leads up to the, and he gets saved. Uh, Judah doesn't, his testimony was the one I just gave you of me. But anyway, so he, and he marries Dawn. He meets Dawn, who's actually my wife, Paula's middle name, Dawn, anyway.
4: No. But Don
5: has, but Don has MS and she's in the wheelchair, and uh, and Judah isn't. He's from West Point. My my good friend here in Flagstaff is a West Point graduate, and he worked for NASA and then he was a professor at the university, and he gave me a lot of the technical advice because you know I'm just uh I was a Bill Clinton's brigade in Vietnam. You know, we ran from the anyways, but uh so I have no military background or anything you know, anything to do with that. I was a draft dodger. But anyways, and uh so that's that and it leads up to the rapture and it has it has the rabbis, it takes mm-hmm. it culminates in Jerusalem and, and, and all the Jews come to the Lord, their their eyes are open, like it says in Zechariah, they get a new heart and and the hundred and forty four they're the uh, sort of Stamped 144,000 on and go out and witness to the world. So that was that was that book, right. which culminates at the very end is the rapture.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, the second book, Invasion Israel, so leads up to the rapture in the beginning, and and the main character is a professor, and again me as a professor, I'm an obstinate a Jewish professor that's picking on all these Christian students, so I have a lot of experience in this. And uh, then the rapture happens. And then it goes from there, and, and they end up in Israel, and it leads up to Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is the battle of Gog and Magog, which we're almost seeing happening now. After which I believe is going to happen after the rapture, that the uh, that Iran and all the uh, Libya and Syria and all the uh, Islamic republics are going to invade northern Israel. So, so that the second book goes into Gog and Magog and that battle, and. Uh, Wow, so it's the same you know and both books have a lot of Hebrew and Yiddish in them, which I think interesting because they talk about them from the Jewish perspective and uh both of the Jews, both Judah and the professor, uh, professors find for some reason just slipped my mind uh both come to the Lord and get saved in the in the books
2: would it be so, an you know, a, would it be an okay kind of book those books if you had a Jewish friend who liked science fiction. Just give it to them, or would they be your enemies for life if they read a book like this?
5: Uh, depends. I don't know what, what yeah. kind of people. If they're open-minded, right? You know, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, I think, but of course, from from my quote a Christian perspective now, I don't know. You know, right? I, I would just judge it, but I would think that they like science fiction, they like fantasy, they like future stuff, because it has a lot of Jewish in it. I, I said a mm-hmm. lot of you know, in the first book. Judah's mother, this little old Jewish lady is freaking out when he marries Dawn. he marries a Shiksa, he marries a Gentile, she's what's the matter with you? So it's got a lot of Yiddish bantering sure. back and forth, you know, sure. and uh so I think they could relate to that. As I said, Jews Jews are pretty open to most anything, except you mentioned the J word. When Jesus comes up they a right. freak. All
4: right.
5: You know, that uh in fact yeah. I was thinking about that. I was gonna mention that to you too by uh when I was a kid and my mother, we would drive by and she was riding me around in the car and, and there was a, a um, what do you call those in front of the house, like mostly Catholics, they have those little statues of Jesus. Right. Or whatever.
4: right.
5: And my mother would always go, Yashka Pondra. And I could never figure out what that meant until only a few years ago I figured it out finally what she was trying to say. There's a very infamous book written in the Middle Ages by the Jews about Jesus. It's called Toledot Yeshu. Which caused all kinds of problems and uh for Jews. They didn't have enough problems. And uh saying that uh Jesus was the bastard son of Mary and a Roman soldier called Joseph Panthera and uh that's probably if you get you get uh and they called him Yeshu instead of which is a negative word instead of Yeshua, which is Jesus. So you get Yeshu Panthera, that's what you probably got Yoshka Pandra. Which was sort of a uh a um
2: So if that's what you're taught as a child, obviously there's a major roadblock Obviously,
5: you see what I mean? Yeah, all this stuff going on, um, it was a Yiddishized word Mo- I
2: was. most American evangelical Christians don't have any idea about that. They don't know, no, they're not I educated taught classes
5: about it. And there are at churches, both mm-hmm. the Baptist church and now I'm in an evangelical church, Charismatic Church. Which I felt more comfortable with because that's the guy Philip, was that mm-hmm. when I got saved. Right. Baptists, I said Baptists have the word, and I got a lot of word knowledge, uh, Bible knowledge right. from them over the years, but they don't have the spirit. I think, you know, They sometimes the uh, charismatics have the spirit, but don't have the word. Anyway. Well, and that's why but, there's uh, all one,
2: one family. You know, it's all right. one family of different things. Hey, I, I got to ask you about something before we, we uh, get later on to the close and it sneaks up on us. You mentioned in your resume that you had some experience with Alan Hynek. And the University of Arizona Tucson group. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you about that because there's two little nuggets that I've found interesting on my own about these references. One is uh, Linda Moulton Howe had talked to us about Alan Hynek. And he had talked about how he had really p- pushed the religious angle, spiritual angle of the, the alien thing. And that he was, if I remember her correctly saying, he, he was a practicing Rosicrucian. And he was pretty much in what oh, we right. would consider occult activities. Uh, and he had shared that with her. And the other thing I, I was very curious about is I'm assuming because of this, and I didn't know his involvement or even that much about him because I'm not really that knowledgeable ufology, but his involvement with the University of Arizona Tucson, uh, there must be a long legacy because I'm aware of a group that's there now that that just promotes consciousness studies, a very large program. And they currently have just one single program in called the Sophia program. Is is a really? program that is now funded, uh, where they bring in channelers, spirits, and psychics. It's oh. posted right on the university website, to contact entities on the other side, Probably be they in my memory. <laughs> ETS or other p- things, peers. But it's actually a funded program uh, that's actually uh, operated uh, uh, through that particular university, University of Arizona at Tucson, where they're oh. doing large amounts of spirit contact work. Uh, funded by the government and or others at the time. So wow. was there anything what special that you noted about your contacts? No,
5: and it's funny because when I went to this group, and this is when I was a professor, um, I went to this group and they promoted themselves as Alan Hynek, spin-off, whatever. But since subsequently I've talked to people and told them that, and they said, Alan Hynek never had a group in Tucson. You're crazy. It just shows you because <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. They called themselves alan heineck you know spin up that's all i know you know what i mean i don't i never saw alan heineck himself huh. but uh there was another guy i such a spirit, weird guy I wasn't i knew also when i was a professor i can't think but uh that sophia project i think that deep pro deep pro chopra deepak chopra is at the university of Illinois, arizona well, the University of Arizona. I
2: wouldn't be surprised. I know he's also in, the, I believe, one of the board members of the Institute of Noetic Sciences, I believe. No, yeah. really? Who? Oh, Deepak Chopra.
4: Oh, yes. Yeah. For he's for, on the international oh, board. The, yeah.
3: Mitchell, yeah. Right. I
2: mean, they're all very incestuous. They're all sort of part of the same gang, <laughs> uh, doing doing the same kind of thing there. Um, you, you you had one mention in some of your writings about someone who came to you from the CIA, who had some comments to you. I know it's not a, a lot of material, but could you very briefly share with us what, what they shared with you? Okay, I wrote that down. What, wait, uh,
5: which which th- question was th- that?
2: This particular person is an anonymous know, CIA I wrote source. I down... In question 10, if you're keeping track at home, all of you. Yeah, I did. I wrote are... all
5: down my answers. Yeah,
2: you, you okay. mentioned an anonymous okay. source contact. Okay, I have
5: a friend who, uh, who was in the CIA. He was in the FBI first. In fact, he was in the... Uh, was a bombardier in World War II, so he's in his 80s now. He's a bombardier in World War II and worked in a lot of counter espionage. He br- helped break the uh, codes with the Nazis, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. and
5: and then he was a C- FBI and then CIA. And I, I got an email from him. I just looked it up. It was in 2008. We write oh. all the time back and forth, and we we're talking about something. He just he writes me all the time, and uh, he he ended the. Uh, the email, and he said, "God bless Jim." And then he wrote, "P.S. Stay with your UFO writings about the Bible. You have the truth, Stephen. All else is opinion." Now I thought that it was just an aside. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. uh, anything definitive because I've been trying to nail him down about. Oh, he also. I believe, was involved in Operation Paperclip after World War II, ah. uh, which was the one that brought the Nazi scientists right. back in the... he mentioned, he alluded to me, one time we were just talking years ago, about ten years ago, and then he never would go back and talk about it. I keep sending him articles about Paperclip. Is that you? Is that you? No, he never answers. You know, he's a, he's a good patriot. He, he He doesn't say anything. He won't talk about his CIA days or anything very much.
2: But now he's advanced in age, you said, correct?
5: Oh yeah, he must be in his 80s. Well, maybe
2: obviously. maybe when you know a few more years go by he may feel like that's the time uh, to, to let you know a little bit more. If I were you, I would every once in a while sort of ping him for some information.
5: Yeah, that's what I keep saying. I, when he says stay with the UFO writing because I send him my articles every time I, I write a new article for UFO Digest, he's on my list, he's on my Uh, email list, whatever, and he gets everything. He never, very rarely comments. He just comments about, oh, Merry Christmas, or this. He sends me stuff (laughs) about Obama all the time. He sends me stuff about Clinton all the time. So he's a good Republican. But anyways, he's just very upset (laughs) about government things. But occasionally he'll write, uh, this was just an aside, P.S., you know, blah, 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 stick with your writing. So that made me feel, maybe he knows more. I know he's a Christian now, but I don't know if if that's why he said that or because he knows more
2: than he's saying. Sure, you know what I mean? sure. Well, you know, speaking of your writings, uh, you seem to be pretty prolific in your writings at UFO Digest. And how have you been received in terms of what I read, very strong Christian emphasis you put in your writings? You don't mince any words about it, and and particularly the warnings right. that you put in to these uh, other UFO uh, devotees. Uh, how have you been received in terms of the, your message that you have in these publications it's sort
5: of it's mixed you know some yeah. people mm-hmm. say that the new age people say you're just you know butt out because I think they don 't want to confront their sin as you know that's what it is
4: yeah, yeah i I quoted
5: this last article I said that uh Uh, Thomas Huxley, who was a brother of Elvis Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, Mm -hmm. he said about back in the late 1800s, he said, I don't want to read the Bible. If I read the Bible, I don't want to give up all my women. So they don't want to confront their sin, you know, which is one of the things as a Christian we have to confront and confess our sins and lay them at the cross. I mean, I think that's wonderful. But anyway, so they don't want to do that. So I'm crazy, and and they say the Bible is just written by man. On the other hand, I get a lot of, I get Christians also saying they love my articles, and as I said earlier, I don't know what Christians are doing on that site, but maybe that's, maybe that's because I'm there for that reason, to tell them that the, the UFOs are real, but they're fallen angels, they're not, they're not extraterrestrials. So it gives Christians a, a, another explanation for that
4: hmm.
5: so, so it's fixed. And even the, the publisher and the editor Dirk Dirk Vanderflug,, uh, he's a gnostic. I mean huh. he used to confess he tells me I'm a Gnostic he's a Gnostic, excuse me. And when I wrote my first article in, in December of two thousand and six to him about this uh, great deception, he said, Steve, I don't know if my people are gonna like that but but I'll give it a shot and he did it and now we've done sixty eight articles in two and a half years.
4: So <laughs> wow. he's been very
5: very faithful to do it. I mean the guy that's a blessing in and of itself.
4: Right. Yeah.
5: And I don't think it's changed him yet, but you never know. And he writes me He's the one that wrote me several months ago and he said, um, from what I understand, Steve, MUFON, you know, which is a mutual UFO network right. people, big organization, uh, don't want to talk about Jesus as a way to thwart abductions. But I heard that, that it does work. What do you think? I mean, he asked me that. I can't believe he asked me that. And I wrote an article and I quoted Joe Jordan and the work done right. by CE4 and the people that have, that have done studies. Showing that the word, the name of Jesus, thwarts alien abductions. Hmm. So, and he published that article also.
2: You know, so I I, I, mean, I just thinking about your diligence in doing that. None of those people who read that will ever be able to stand before Christ and say, "I never knew, I never my... heard of the word of God." They yeah. can't point at you and say, "That guy let me down. He knew and he didn't tell me. He had a forum and didn't tell me." Y- you've been faithful in your testimony. And now it's up to them to make word. But you know, you think about your friend who eventually assisted you in coming to the Lord. There's many times when he thought after the sixty eighth time of telling you and was <laughs> met with derision, you know, it'd been very easy to say, Hey, I'm not gonna make ways anymore, I'm tired of this battle. But he persevered. And Absolutely. now it you now know. it's your turn to persevere, it appears, uh, with the people that are out there and to share share that with them. And, and I'm sure and,
5: I get as frustrated as he got. All right, this exactly. <laughs> And one but day he
2: didn't, he didn't stop. Yeah. Some of those, some of those who receive the word out there, they will. If the Lord tarries, they'll be given the same mission to persevere with the people that the Lord sends them to as well. So it's just a never-ending circle, you know, until the Lord calls us home and tells us that our that our work is done. That's what
5: I did in my first book, this great Our Pals of Deception. I'm looking. Where it? I put a um, to a uh, uh, dedication here. It says to my three sons, Joshua, Avi, and Noah. Who I now hope will not be deceived,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you know. So I mean,
4: wow. they don't.
5: They actually, I don't mm-hmm. think they've ever read it. I sent them a copy, <laughs> but you know, hopefully they know. They know right. where I'm coming from. So. That's
4: right. That's right. Hopefully, but,
5: when we're taken, you know, it'll be late. But I mean, at least, they'll, hopefully, they'll open their eyes.
2: You know, it's a God of miracles we serve. You know, I, I had one comment just to share with you about uh, uh, th- this comment you made about people not wanting to. Stop their sins or other things that they want to pursue. I I went to a UFO conference, and I was an outsider. Nobody knew me or vice versa. But we got talking. uh, I had another regular uh, guest on our show, Robert Hyde, who's sort of unique to our show that came along. And we were talking to someone who's well-known in the field. If I told you the name, you would know it as well as others. But who came from a Jewish background but very much had a new New Age perspective. And, and mm-hmm. people like yourself and ourselves, when you hear the things that the New Age people swallow, the extreme things that they swallow while rejecting the gospel of Jesus it Christ... It believes
5: anything but the truth, the Bible
2: says, yes. Yeah. And, and you scratch your head and wonder. And I remember going back to the hotel room uh, and talking to, to my friend Robert and saying, Robert, how come there is this block? What is the nature of this block? And, and you could tell it was something very much of a Jewish cultural kind of thing, the nature mm-hmm. of it. I said... What's the nature of it? Why is it there? And his first comment was, it's because they rejected the baptism of John. And I had to stop and think for a minute. And he says, yeah, he says, you know, that was a a baptism of repentance. And Jesus made it clear that they rejected the initial baptism of, of John, which is a baptism of repentance. And he said, because you've rejected him... You will reject me.
3: I forget how smart smart Robert Hyde is. Interesting, wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. And it's a
2: very interesting thought. It's a fact of repenting of whatever sins that you cling to, and we all have our own that we want, mm-hmm. would be the main roadblock to the testimony. And I, I thought about that when you just said that, that the, the rebellion we have often is not because the message is not clear not because it's not rational it's the ramifications of the message that's
5: right we don't want to change we don't want to confront our sin
2: in our personal life and and that doesn't mean we shouldn't uh we should not hold people in contempt for their resistance we should pity them because we know you know this the 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 wonders of sin are only for a season and and it's a bondage it is a form of bondage that people cannot get out of and you know, people people think of sin, they're doing whatever they please, but it is bondage to sin, the Bible says. so. Um, you I know, said
5: sin, I always say, why do people do it? Because sin feels good. I mean, that's why we do it. It feels good, but for a season, like you said, it only feels good. But the, the ramifications of it are there with, for us for a lifetime. We have to be, you know, so... Uh,
2: well, you know how many people say, I can quit this or that or whatever whenever I want, but you find they don't quit it?
5: Yeah. And that's really the
2: ad- – that's the definition of an addiction. And and people, uh, you know, when they look at something that they're addicted to, you know, whether it's a sexual sin or or a financial issue or some other kind of selfish issue or whatever. could be anything. Uh, w- whatever they have, if they're resistant to get rid of it and they say they can pitch it any time they want but they don't, then there must be some power that it holds over each one of us. And yeah. uh, I just pray that uh, in your writing – maybe that's something you could reflect one time in your writing – is uh you know what causes people to resist this message that you that you have I know you push the envelope already there at UFO digest but uh <laughs> uh why not? You know, if if you're already why considered not? on the margin, why not a little bit more so? That's uh, true. We are back at Future
3: Quake with Doctor Future. And Tom Happy to have Stephen Ewlish on Bionic. Mm
2: hmm indeed Does it ever feel like we get into a rut sometimes we always do these shows the exact same way?
3: Uh I mean like
2: you know come back to you and I where yeah, you're right. What we need,
3: yeah, what we need to do from now on is just interrupt the guests and talk over each other at the
0: same time, or play all
2: of these tracks at simultaneously. Yeah, like uh, banter to be interpreted. You know, it's go. funny. Our our listeners say they really like our format. I kind of do really too. Works. I
3: kind of do too. I think it's a yeah. nice. It works. Yeah, yeah. it Works.
2: Well, uh, regarding Dr. Eulish, he talked about a little bit of everything. We crammed a lot in this segment: kitchen mm-hmm. sink, the CIA, uh, University of Arizona, and Dr. Hynek, and uh, Um, but really, it really comes back to his many, many articles he does in UFO Digest. 68 in two and a half years. (laughs) 68! I feel pretty lazy in comparison. Although, you know, we've cranked out, you know, just new weeks of shows. We've had like 54 weeks of new shows in the last 54 weeks. It's not too bad. It's not bad. You know, but Dr. Ulysh, um... has his own ministry there, and yeah. really his own congregation. And we're going to talk more about that in the next segment. But we need to bring someone for our congregation, Merv, to come in and tell you how to contact us at
6: Future Quake, Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at Dr. Future at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
2: Okay. All right, man. We frittered away our time as usual. Yeah. That Dr. Eulish, we love you and appreciate you. And yeah, uh, right. we can't wait to hear the wrap-up tomorrow. Until then, Futurians, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day.
0: Shalom. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Nothing can change the shape
4: of Nothing can change the
1: shape of
3: things.
2: Welcome to the Thursday Edition of the Future Wake Show. I am Dr. Future.
4: And
3: I am Tom, a big fan of fiction and screenplay Bionic.
2: Where did that come from?
3: Well, that's what he talked about last segment. He actually talked about the the, uh, the screenplay mm-hmm. he wrote for uh, X-Files. Right, right. And I thought that was interesting. It's like, oh, hey, you know, X-Files.
2: Right. I, I hope can... he puts us in the next one.
3: That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. The tall guy, short guy, well, wandering hopefully... around, two faces made for radio. Yeah,
2: you're not that short. <laughs> Uh, we're going to uh, wrap things up in this last segment and really try to uh, look at what the Lord is doing in the ministry of uh, Doctor Yulish. Uh, it's a very uh, unique place in uh, talking to people about this whole subject UFOs. What the Bible has to say about it. Uh, it's obviously it's not for everybody, but it should be for more people than our ministry.
4: Mm-hmm. There's
2: room for more people to minister to people in this community.
3: One of the things that I I noticed very early on. Is that if you don't want to be in a church and do ministry, there's a lot more room for you. You know? There's plenty of ministry to do out there in the world. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. Just it tends to even get almost looked down on, really. pick up, Pick yeah. up
2: a shovel and get to work, you yeah. know? Fields mm-hmm. are wide in the harvest. Yeah. You know, one quick thing I forgot to mention in our last shows, uh, sort of backed into the discussion about the uniqueness of our show. Yeah. And about uh, are there other shows like ours on regular over-the-airways radio and Dr. Eulich, we sort of stumped him on that, yeah. and that's sort of what we assume. There's not really much out there in regular radio like what we do.
3: I know, and I want to thank, again, I want to thank WENO and yeah, there Revelations are are heroes. Radio and everybody. Revelations yeah, Radio, and uh-huh. us, us people,
2: people who promote it, like Raiders News Update and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about when we come back. Why don't we save our time, keep our powder dry, come back for a more extended wrap-up. So. Until then, here is Dr. Stephen Eulish talking about a biblical interpretation of the UFO phenomenon, and then we'll be right back to wrap it all up here at FutureQuest. Is there anything else you can add about what the typical mindset is, of a the spiritual mindset of a typical UFO devotee or amateur scholar? Based I, mean, on I your think a lot of
5: them talk about this. they're looking for a, 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 a heavenly savior, not Jesus, but they're looking for, I think... Because the, the situation of the way the world is today, you know, with, if it's global warming or if it's international peace, or if it's, or if it's, you know, war, all kinds of things, they're looking for somebody to come in and solve all the problems. And we know who's going to do that. It's Jesus going to do that when when He returns. But uh, they're looking for these, and many of them look at these aliens as space gods, as saviors. And I think that's just, it's just a false savior. You know, it, it's a it's a false Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I think many of them will fall for the antichrist. The same thing, you know. They're gonna somebody's gonna come uh, claiming to be a messiah, claiming to be, and, and it's gonna just be the worst thing that ever happened to them.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So I think that that's, and I argue with many of them. There's one lady that writes for UFO. She writes like 25. She writes dozens of articles, and she believes she's an alien. She's mainly with aliens. She writes all this crazy stuff. So I commented. I said you've got more imaginary friends on a playground
4: <laughs> just on a
5: playground. I said, wow. you've got a vivid imagination. What does your shrink say about this? I can be a little caustic. And I said, uh, you should be a science fiction writer. You've got a great imagination. But they don't they don't believe it as imagination. They believe it's reality. When mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about schiz- you talk about people that have all these imaginary friends and they believe that they're aliens and all kinds of it's sad, you know they need the love of Jesus, and I try to put that in my articles, as you said, in a nice way, I said that just call upon the name of the Lord and, and you know and repent of your sins and
4: mm-hmm. it's amazing
5: to me I have over over sixty eight articles, and I keep every time I write one, I keep waiting for Dirk to say that's enough, and he never does.
4: <laughs> so it's
5: amazing you know it's amazing
2: you know we wonder the same articles. we wonder the same thing on our radio station yeah. here We're why in the world the they they keep us on this uh wonderful fine mainstream christian radio station yeah. and all i can say is it's a god thing it's the it's same it's god, yeah, thing. Yeah. god thing with you and i just say keep staying faithful until he decides it's time to pull the plug you yeah. you know you are the only source of Christian information in the gospel that I would say overwhelmingly the number of people who read that ever get. You are basically oh, you. a de facto pastor to those people. <laughs> now, you can't control how they receive the information. You know, you're pastor and prophet combined, I guess you could say. Uh, but, but you know, what what kind of circulation would you guess a magazine like that gets?
5: Oh, I don't know. I asked him one time. I think it's one of the leading uh, UFO Internet sites.
2: So probably
5: well, tens of thousands, I would guess. Yeah,
2: I would say tens of thousands are many, many higher than that. I mean, much bigger than the mega churches we have around the country. And then they're, and then
5: they're, excuse me, then they're um picked up by other. If you just Google my name, which I'm going to mention, like, if you just Google, you'll see that there's other UFO uh, magazines and other UFO websites and other paranormal websites that pick articles off of UFO Digest. Mm-hmm. And I just found out that they were my articles were translated into French and German. I say English, that was stupid. French and German. <laughs> Sorry, and uh, Latvian and Vietnamese and Chinese and Japanese and Russian. I mean, they're translated into all these other articles. So you never know who you're really touching. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, you just you just never know what the what the word of the gospel and. Uh,
2: well, it won't return void. The Bible says that the word will not return void right. when you cast on the waters. And there will be some people um with very strange accents that you'll meet one day on the other side <laughs> that will say "Thank you for this article. thank you no just <laughs> <laughs> You got me. I always tease my wife, my wife's from oklahoma and and, and, and and we
5: I just she talks really funny. I said I said, "You people talk funny, you talk cook, you, you cook good, but you talk funny, and she says, "You talk like a northerner, so what do you know? You know so we go at it.
4: And I, I say, I'm saying yeah. I'm talking
5: to these guys in Nashville. So could you guys sip me some ribs? Because uh. all Jewish people love barbecue.
4: You know, they're I not did. supposed
5: to eat that, but they love barbecue.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, hey, we whatever we can do for you here, we'd be more than happy to. We have a lot of pull, pulled pork and all kind of from any it's anything like that. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, back back to back to our discussion about yes. this, you have these folk that are they're all searchers in yes. the UFO community. They' are enormous yes. quantities of people. they're very intelligent yes. they uh, a lot of them are very successful in their careers in life and in life in general, but they're searching for something now. we have so many pastors in church throughout the country, throughout the world that are literally and figuratively preaching to the choir. They're sitting in churches talking to people from the same experience uh That you know about the same things over and over again whereas whereas where you are as as the Bible would say, the fields are wide into harvest and and I would guess that you would agree with me that there's very, very few people being ministers of the gospel to to these communities of people, particularly meeting them where they're at absolutely so,
5: not you're right
2: so well i just I just want to thank you publicly for what you're doing. Uh, it oh, takes a, a brave, secure person, somebody who's secure, who they are, and in the Lord, to take the criticism. I read some of the comments that people make, and a lot of them are absolutely absurd, ridiculous comments. Yeah. <laughs> as well as a lot of supportive ones. But the fact is, that is your sphere of ministry that you're doing, and you're you're prospering in it. And I just want other listeners to know, you might want to go over and read UFO Digest, and maybe even drop some comments down in support of you. Uh, those of you who are regular listeners and Futurians, to, to support the ministry and what you're doing. Um, the, uh, do, do, I, I guess I probably know the answer to this, but maybe, maybe you could elaborate further. Do you think Christians should try to spend considerable time reaching out to the people, part of the UFO community? You're doing it. Do you, would you challenge other people to do the same? And if so, what would be some unique ways well, they would could say, do
5: it? I would say yes, I mean, but the only caveat I would say would be you have to be prepared, you know, because as I, as you said earlier, I'm sort of uniquely prepared with my history and background to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to, you, you can't just have somebody going to go preaching to them or going to hell and, and quoting scripture to them. I think, you know what I mean? You, you've mm-hmm. got to come at them from where they're at, and uh, and I do that. And, and that's probably, as I said earlier, because I, I use my Christian heart of my Jewish mouth. So I, you know, and in fact, I use this line, my wife hates, I shouldn't even say it, but she'll kill me. But when I argue with these, these smart people, like you said, I say, look, I'm smarter than you, I'm better educated than you. So don't preach to me about how, how smart you are and how educated you are. It doesn't mean a thing. I mean, I, I've got more degrees and more than you do. It doesn't matter. You know, you could just, you need Jesus. You all need Jesus. So uh, I do that. And I, I think you've got to go at these people from where they're at. But but just like all pagans, I mean, right. they'll try to chew you up and spit you out. You know, they're right. just going to say you're just an uneducated, stupid Christian. You don't know anything. You don't know the world. And you don't know this. And, and they can't say that to me because I've been there. I mean, I've channeled right. spirits and I've read Buddhism and I've read the Bhagavad Gita and I've read the Upanishads and I've read the Quran. I've read all these things in the Kabbalah and it doesn't mean a thing. It's garbage. Just like listening to that guy you said that interviewed in mean, your, your, your interview, and the one who was the guy that was in charge, that professor who was the MC, or mm-hmm, he,
4: right. he
5: kept he kept talking about oh yeah this and that, and there's all kernels of wisdom. Right. He sounds like this New Age professor that right. my wife knows, and I get together with Elaine. The same thing. She says, Steve, I live in Sedona now. You know, you right. want me? Why don't you come to Sedona? I'll show you the vortexes. I said I've been there, done that. <laughs> Right. You know, I'll show you Jesus. Oh no, no, no. They don't want that. Yeah. You know, but they're searching.
2: Well, did those uh, vort did those vortexes die for their sins? Did they offer <laughs> their blood as a sacrifice and willingly pour themselves out? You know, why would course, you yeah. want to reject that? Why would yeah, you that's want That's
5: to... what I mean. That's what I don't. Of course, in hindsight, you know, I mean, from my perspective now, I should say, right. I can't understand why anybody wouldn't, including my sons. But I know I was the same way. I said, I don't need this. I've got it all figured out. You know, I'm perfect. And my son, one of my sons said, he said, I've not committed any sin. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't done anything bad, really bad. You know, I'll end up in heaven no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, it's just.
2: Right. They rejected the baptism of John. Yeah. And that's and a challenge, challenge of all of us. Uh, what have you found is a more. Effective way to reach people in this community. What what is a certain direction or approach or angle that you found that resonates with with folks in this community is to open a door for them to see reality. Well, what I
5: do, I just said, uh, you know, I know where you're coming from. I've been there, done that. I say that all the time. So I I usually start out agreeing with what they're saying. I mean, agreeing with their perspective and knowing where they're coming from. You know, they're they're studying new age consciousness or they're studying spirit guides that are doing astrology or or they're or space people or whatever and I just go I've been there done that and so I, I just try to identify with them you know not just say what you're doing is crazy and wrong but say I, I've been there done that then done, it doesn't work the only thing that works like you said is Jesus that's all that works the blood works Of course, mm-hmm. you say that and then right away they think we're for cannibals you know <laughs> what do you mean you're drinking the blood and you're eating the body no that's just representative but i mean you know when you say things like that they just you know because i used to say that i guess too when i was criticizing christians you're doing communion which is what right and you talk about the blood you know and, and as a good charismatic or pentecostal which i am you know i just think we have to talk about the blood but when you talk about the blood to unbelievers You've got to be careful because they think you're crazy.
2: You right. know, well, it confounds the wise. And God's so whole intent, the Bible yeah. said, the message was to confound the wise because that shows the glory of God. You know, all the people who are picked throughout Scripture from one end of the Bible to the next are people who many times were sort of losers in their own respect, one way or the other, or somebody who mm-hmm. just didn't fit, fit the criteria, you would think. But when God chose them, that's when he's glorified. And he's shown because his ways are not our ways. So, you know, really, we should tell people that when these things don't make sense to you, it's because it's the glory of God. If it was something simple, you would have stumbled and done it yourself. That's
5: right. (laughs) And that's why it's (laughs) good. That's good point. That's the. It's the wonderful.
2: It's the wonderful good news. What What do you think is the future? Is going to happen in the in the in the days ahead regarding this topic of UFOs, abductions, disclosure, things like this, and, and what should Christians be prepared to witness, and how should they be prepared?
5: Well, I personally think what's the big the big disclosure that's going to happen is going to be the rapture.
4: You
5: know, so we're not <laughs> yeah. going to be here to do anything. That's why I'm doing it in advance because I believe the rapture is going to happen. We're going to be out of here, and then all of a sudden UFOs are going to appear all over the skies. And that's the way, that's what's the deception that everybody who's been told that's left behind that we were abducted by UFOs. I mean, I think people will accept that, and I've sort of beaten that horse the last 10 years and in my books, and that's really where I'm coming from, guys. So, I mean, you know,
4: Hmm.
5: I believe that's what, that's when we're going to have the big disclosure of UFOs, because they're going to, they're the great lie. That's going to be the explanation for why we're not here. Mm -hmm. So, uh I think what we have to do now is just to, just to witness to people about about the rapture. I don't know a lot of even a lot of Christians don't want to do that, don't like that, don't believe in it, whatever. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm a pre-trib, and I know people say they're pre-trib, post-trib, and I'm pan-trib. Somebody told me. I, I know it's going to pan out. Right, right,
4: right. <laughs> but you
5: know <laughs> that I said I believe we go into that. It's pre-trib, and I believe in both. My novels talk about. A pre-trib rapture and and it's sort of the uh it's it's based on Jewish ceremonies you see the bible you know the uh right. the bride of Christ the husband the, the you know I, I believe it's based on Jewish wedding ceremonies and we can go into that but i mean you know so it's just
2: gets her in the middle of the night you know the
5: the Jewish bride was bought with a price mm-hmm. which we were bought with a price and 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 uh they went up to the father. they would go to their father's house where they had their honeymoon. They'd live there for a while. Or, and that's what Jesus said. I'm going to my father's house, prepare some mansions for you, and I'll come back and get you. So, I mean, that be, is a rapture. And that's we're sort of going to be hidden away in that. I believe that. And I believe one one point we haven't addressed at all, which I do in all my writings or most of my writings, is talk about, because I'm Jewish or whatever, the Israel. And I believe that we're seeing the all the things that are happening today about the state of Israel and Iran and 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 world world conflict, you know, and all the all the issues centers around Israel. Why? Because Jesus is gonna come and back and rule for a thousand years from a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem.
4: Mm-hmm. He's
5: not coming back to New York City, he's not coming back to the UN, he's not coming back to Rome, thank God. He's not coming back to Rome. <laughs>
4: yeah, okay. No he's not
5: coming back to Salt Lake City or anyone else, you know, with the Mormons. He's coming back to Jerusalem.
4: Mhm.
5: You know, and and that's and, and Paul says that Jews' their eyes are going to be opened. And all Israel is going to be saved.
4: Right. You know,
5: so I think those that make it through the tribulation, I think two thirds are going to die, as it says in Zechariah. So I mean, all these things, I, I think, have a Jewish element. That's another thing which I bring to the table. I think mm-hmm. being Jewish and understanding all this stuff. I mean, my eyes have been opened. And people say, you're not Jewish anymore. You're a Christian now. I said, no, I'm more Jewish now than I was before. Right. I understand the Torah. I understand the Old Testament, the Tanakh. I understand it. I mean, I understand the Mashiach, the Messiah. It all makes sense to me. You know what we're talking about, and Jesus' fulfillment of that. He is the Messiah. He is the Mashiach. So,
4: hmm.
5: anyways, with UFOs, and, and you got, who's that guy that writes on UFOs all um that Jewish guy who writes, um, oh, geez, he's an older <laughs> Jewish guy. He writes all the time on UFOs, speaks on UFOs.
2: Uh, Stan Friedman, Friedman? Yeah, Stan Friedman. Friedman.
5: I wrote yeah. him one time and sent him one of my articles. He said, that's a bunch of cra-. Steve, don't you understand what UFOs, you don't understand anything. You're just bringing it into all this charismatic, religious, uh-huh. fundamentalism, garbage.
4: Yeah.
2: He probably is not going to come to the Ancient of Days conference. I'm guessing. Down <laughs> probably the not in, in Roswell. Uh,
5: he should, because but he probably won't.
2: W- would you mind if I led us in a quick word of prayer to bless your ministry, and your health, and uh, and those out there that could be reached by you in our close here?
4: Okay.
2: Uh, please tell me again the name of that gentleman who uh, b- brought you to the Lord.
5: Philip Gregory.
2: Philip. Well, I want to make sh- Do you still have contact with him?
5: I I had for a while. I haven't talked to him. I haven't had direct contact. We'll email every once in a while, but Mm. he must be, see, this is 20 years ago, so he's got to be in his 70s by now.
2: Well, if you bump into him again, would you tell him Dr. Future and Tom Bionic appreciate his work for the Lord? And Chuck
5: Lassen, too, is another one.
2: Okay. Uh, Chuck and Philip.
5: Chuck, I talk to. That's my
2: brother-in-law, so I talk to him all the time. Okay, well, let me let's lead us in just a very quick word of prayer here. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the privilege of working in your kingdom and in your family and being sons and daughters of the Most High. I thank you for Brother Stephen. I thank you for the gift of his ministry to us and all of our listeners. Uh, I thank you for uh, for uh, Philip and Chuck. Lord, I pray for. Uh, Their blessings, Lord, for what they've done and the ramifications that it's had on the kingdom uh, for what they've done. I pray for Brother Stephen that you would give him the right words in UFO Digest and everywhere else he writes and speaks. That it would resonate with people and they would come to saving faith in Christ. Uh, Bless his work of the seeds he's sown already. Lord, I pray for his health. I pray that you would heal him uh, and that even uh, you would be made perfect even in his weakness. Mm-hmm. and would show your strength uh, in, in where he is right now. I pray that his words at Roswell would resonate with the people there as they're shared. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd continue his ministry, and please uh, let him know that we'll be praying for him and for those that he reaches and that he'd be welcome to come back and share with uh, our fellow friends here at any time he can. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this privilege to talk about you and your glory here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Brother, Would you would you please come back and join us whenever you can?
5: Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to.
2: Well, I I need Here's you to pleasure. I need you to tell us how our listeners can get a hold of your materials.
5: I guess the, probably the best the, the books are obviously on all the book like amazon.com and amazon.com is probably the main one there uh, Barnesandnoble.com or um and and your they, last
2: you, name they google is Y U L I S H. Right.
5: Stephen, you listen there's probably 200 of my articles and all my interviews should be on Google.
2: Okay. Is there a website you recommend for them to go see more no, of what you're doing? Not anymore. Not really. Okay. Uh, the
5: UFO Digest.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't mind, com. is it all right if I link to one of your UFO Digest articles at futurequake.com? Oh, please do. And hopefully, are you going to
5: have? Let me ask you a question. Are you going to have this on your website? Do you archive the interviews?
2: Or? Yes. Only only the last five years are okay, archived. I so. can
5: send this out to all my email list.
2: Oh, that'd be great. I've oh.
5: done an extensive email. All my church and all my other, all my UFO contacts.
2: We would be honored. We would be honored if you did that. And uh, we'd like to add new Futurians to our list. We'd like for you to come back and share with us, too. Any last words, anything that we haven't covered that are, are things about this UFO issue that you're not hearing other people talk about we need to keep an eye out for?
5: Just... Just keep your eyes up because your redemption draws near. So, Amen. You know, I think these are end times and there's a lot of deception and a lot of wickedness out there as you know, I think, in the world and uh you are supposed to be just one manifestation of that. That's and, right. Uh you know, but, we're seeing crop circles and all kinds of things. But I think that uh keep your eyes on Jesus. I think mean, that's the bottom right. line. Keep your eyes on Jesus and Jesus is the is the Messiah. And he's going to come back and rule the reign and set up his perfect kingdom for a thousand years.
2: That's right. Live holy living, be faithful in season out of season. Be about the work of the Lord. Yep. Praise Share God. the word, keep sowing the word, till he calls us. But be watchful. The Bible does tell us to be watchful, and yep. uh, I know you would agree as well. And Absolutely. thank thank you for being a faithful watchman on the wall. Yeah. And uh, to, to thank your you guys. to your ministry, you've been given a piece and a plot of land that is. Uh, Sometimes tough ground to uh, to plow and to get fruit from, but the fruit is critical uh, in what's going to come from there. And I just want to I would just want to thank you on behalf of all those souls that are going to find Christ based upon your work already have. I uh, thank you in advance. I know they'll tell you one day on the other side. And I just want to thank you for your work. And uh, I look forward to hearing what people say. I'll be sure to give you a report back at Roswell. Please
4: do that. Yes.
2: For the words that they say, and uh, we will we will give you a salute there amongst the brethren there. Great. Well, God bless God bless you, brothers. God bless you, brother Stephen. Bless please, you, too. Please Please yeah. come back and join us again soon. I'd love to.
0: We are back at Future Quake with Dr. Future
2: and Tom
3: Muy Bueno Bionic.
2: Muy bueno.
3: Muy bueno.
2: Is that like a Jewish uh, Mexican?
3: No, I just I tell you, man, I've been I've been pray- I've been prayer walking at night uh-huh. every night for about three weeks now, and I've hit this point where I'm doing it for a long time, and I'm so hungry all of the yeah. time now.
2: Praying and walking.
3: Praying and walking. But
2: with your eyes open, I hope. Most of the time. Okay. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, we'd like to hear some fruit. Maybe on tomorrow's tremors and mm, things you can share a little bit about fruit. that. Um
3: My appetite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was our conclusion of our interview with uh, Dr. Stephen mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I was inspired by it. I I think – I have told you before and our listeners that I think there is a parade of heroes that come through this show, Mm -hmm. one after the next, that are toiling away in their own part of the the work field, and there is room for other people to join them. These people are all unique. They have their own backgrounds, even uh, weaknesses and things they've dealt with in life, but they've not used that as an excuse not to serve in the field, and they turn into positives.
3: Yeah, well, like I told you, here's a personal story. I was driving by this um, uh, sort of place of ill repute, and I looked, and here was this Christian standing out in the parking lot, and I knew what he was doing as I drove by. Like He's praying. I know yeah. that guy. He's praying for uh-huh. all those people in there. And I thought, wow, yeah. that's amazing. Here's a guy. He doesn't need a, a ministry to do it. He's just right. out there doing it. Went, right. Wow. So
2: anyway. Didn't have to get any kind of blessing for no, anything like that doesn't need, from doesn't the need Lord. not need to be
3: ordained. Doesn't need a big building, big white collar.
2: Just get busy. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Even handing a cup of water to somebody. Yeah, there you go. Somebody who ministers to us is our friend Merv, and he can tell you how you can contact us here at FutureQuake.
6: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at Future at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Okay. Okay, let's get out of here. That's it. That's it. Sure
2: enjoyed, Dr. Eulish. Awesome. Come back tomorrow for tomorrow's trimmers. Until then, we hope your future is
0: very bright. Have a good day. Dosvidonia. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future.
3: And I am Tom, kind of heavy breather. But still in front of the microphone, trying his best, bionic.
2: Our listeners have no idea what you're referring to.
3: Well, uh, I've got this thing. I tend to breathe really heavily, and I try and stay away from the microphone. You know, sort Sort of like this. It's just
2: something we talked about Uh, right before airtime, right? Yes. Kind of, like, this, no, 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 you need but, to stay closer to the mic. People yeah, want to hear what you have to say. Well, I don't know, maybe both of them, but well, maybe you know. we should acknowledge our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> listeners, it's great to have you back here again with us for a Friday, another edition of Future Quake. We had a great interview this week yeah. with Dr. Stephen Eulish. He was
4: great, wasn't he? Oh, he's great. Gosh, I hope he, he comes funny. back soon.
2: Yeah. And we've made a good friend. He's been good emailing us since our interview. He's oh, been very keeping good. me embraced. Yeah. But today's Friday, so that means it's what? What's the special word for today?
3: Well, it's uh. It's time that Pyro became part of the New World Order, actually.
2: Ooh, don't bring that up. Well, (laughs) let me first say, today is Friday, which means it is tomorrow's Tremors, or today's review of the future's news, which means we take a break from the rest of the week where we have a high-profile guest that we talk about a given topic, and you and I... Go uh, solo here mm-hmm. on the radio talking about the sometimes, news
3: stories. Sometimes mono-e-mono. E mono, well, that? yes,
2: right. That's right. The cage match. <laughs> uh, reviewing the news that we think's pertinent to our Christian listeners out there and everyone, all our fellow citizens. Yeah. But uh, we don't believe often is covered very much by the... Mainstream media or at least not with the the angle that we take it. So Yeah. There we go. And you were referring to our dear uh friend Pyro in the mm-hmm. studio. Yes. Who uh, uh the uh the third the silent partner of the uh, future yes. quake trio. He uh he, he went under anesthesia today to mm-hmm. get his teeth cleaned. Mm-hmm. and uh, he's not fully uh, rebounded in fact he's hard hard standing up on all four of his legs so yeah he's uh he's still in recovery mode but yes he he did get the new world order chip in his back yeah and mrs future Sorry. insisted on that so well i mean i said just don't put it in his right paw or his forehead
0: that's true okay there you go. and he
2: didn't do it willingly so that's another thing too
0: yeah
3: uh, yeah, I've often wondered about that. I was watching that, that movie that you recommended. What was it,
2: Years, Years of the, the Beast? Beast? Yeah, that was great. Isn't it a yeah, neat it movie? Was, You're really probably far ahead than I am, but... Uh, uh,
3: I got about, I don't know, a third of it, I guess. Yeah,
2: those people are trying to sort of hang on. Yeah, yeah. the man's cracking down on them. Yeah, and then there's Sort of the... like stuff Pastor Anderson went through a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, I, I particularly enjoyed that, that part where the city's getting getting destroyed. They walk out, they walk out of there. They're in the country, the main characters, yeah. and they look out and they see the city getting destroyed from hundreds of miles away. Yeah,
2: it's based on the Tribulation era. Yeah. Um, if you happen to come across it on uh, Google Video. Yeah, you can go right to Google Video and watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Years of yeah. the Beast. It's sort of people living out some of the stuff we talk about here on the show. Indeed. And we got a lot of big things going on in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I am scrambling like mad trying to get ready for the Ancient of Days conference and the big caravan. Uh, Pastor Chris is going to be going out with me. We've got some other friends going out, uh, but just a lot of preparation involved, and has something new to unveil. Another vehicle of marketing the future quake
3: oh, theme. You're gonna? Oh, okay. No, 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 so right, I'm right, not right. gonna give it away. There's nope, can't not there. not gonna listen. Not gonna listen. But there's something
2: hearing. new that's going to be a testimony to the future quake theme, and it's going to have all sorts of added dimensions here very, very shortly. But it's something that's keeping me extremely busy, and actually, Merv. Uh, Having him very busy on our team too. Indeed. And yours truly, you uh, you also I'm have standing made in, a, in
3: there with uh yeah yeah with well, a,
2: you're just gonna you all are gonna be for a huge hand. surprise when you see this. Yeah, you're not gonna, gonna know what to, to, make, to make of it, future but Quake. it's cool. It's way cool. And then you and I are going. We're we're taking a drive up yep. to the uh, um, uh, pre uh Rapture um, Prophecy Conference. Yeah. Uh, that our friend Pastor uh, uh, Charles Cooper mm-hmm. is actually going to be uh, overseeing up in... Uh, no, he's not, he's not a pastor, is he? Oh, I think he is.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I
2: know he's ordained, but he Yeah, doesn't... I think he's an active pastor right oh, now.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool.
2: In, uh, uh, oh, shoot, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, close to Minneapolis. Cool. Quite a drive. Yeah. So we're going to be there. If you all are in that neck of the woods, please drop over and see yeah. us. Come hang. The 16th through 18th of July. Wow. We will be there for that. And so things are just extremely busy. Plus, keeping up with the show right now. And I want to tell our, our emailer listeners: I'm reading every email. I'm taking your information, using it. Yeah. I just have to catch up, responding. And I have a very rare appearance on uh, prof on the uh, World of Prophecy website. Uh, but I've been listening our responses there too. So I haven't been sequestered. It's just you're, been sort of hanging on.
3: You're, you're much like like Santa Claus when it comes to the email. He's making a list, checking yeah, it twice. But I've
2: sort of been drinking from a fire hose lately, so I just yeah. appreciate everybody bearing with me. I'm reading your emails. Please keep yeah. sending them. And one thing that our listeners need to do is to tell us about what they think Babylon is and how to get out of it. Yeah. We had charged them with it the last show. I know. Have we gotten any emails on no, that yet? No, no. That's a tough question. We've gotten tons of emails. I mean, lots of emails every day. Yeah, but there's nothing that specifically... Maybe they, they just listen to our guests and don't listen to us. Maybe. Oh, well, that's probably smart in their part. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you're you're very. Maybe we're like and a placebo, but yeah, we're like a placebo. There you go. A, we're yeah. like an infomercial at the tail well, end of the Future Quick show. As long show. as
3: we're not like, uh, you know, I don't know, like WD forty or something. That's what we are. We're sort of mental WD forty. Well, yeah,
2: I wish we were as useful. <laughs> that's true. Well, do you yeah. have anything on your heart, mind, before we jump into the news? Um. I just continue to pray for us, I guess, really. you know. Everybody. Well, it's going to be cracking down here pretty hard. I think the day will come when our shows will not be welcome on any radio. You know, I wonder about that. Um. You think so? In fact, I want to tell all of our listeners, if you're smart, you're going to do like some of our listeners do, and download all of these shows, plus anything else online that you want to keep. Mm-hmm. Download it now and keep it away. Just mm-hmm. pack it away. Because there'll be a time when this stuff won't, not only will not be broadcast on the radio, but on the internet, and then what you'll have to do is just start making copies and handing it out to people you know.
3: Yeah, I wonder about that. I think our show is so unique that people will listen to it. The, the regulators, you know, with this fairness doctrine, they'll listen to it and they'll go, "I don't know what to make of that." Yeah, they won't know what to classify. Yeah, they'll go as. like, "That's like yeah. is it new age?" No, it's There's not really. There's nobody new age. It's that respects really religious
2: radio yeah. specifically.
3: There's but not, not the not yeah. the kind you're used to. Yeah. yeah,
2: there's nobody that agrees with them. They're a threat to nobody. Yeah, they're they've they've ostracized themselves from the whole world. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on their own. <laughs> Even self, the coast and the coast yeah. don't get along. I mean, self exile. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, if it's the Lord's will, so be it. I don't mind being the village idiot if you can do the Lord's will in the process. Yeah, there you go. Give you me know? the big give me the big dunce
3: tap. That may be, be my my giftedness.
2: There you go. Well, anything else? If not, we are jumping the news. Let's jump. Okay. Who goes first? You. All right. Well, I have a story that no. may relate to the one that you read. So, no, yeah. I mean, I don't mean the same, but they'll dovetail. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, Kentucky Hate Crime Report mentions Constitution Party. This is from June 22nd, InfoWars. A report posted on the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet website mentions the Kentucky chapter of the Constitution Party. The 2006 nice. report entitled Hate Crime. This is a 2006 report mm-hmm. entitled Hate Crime and Hate Incidents in the Commonwealth characterizes the Paleo Conservative Political Party as a patriot group and associates it with the Ku Klux Klan and other white supremacist organizations.
3: Awesome, perfect.
2: Now I feel guilty that we've had these people on our show. Yeah, it's I good. didn't know they were that diabolical. It's well, you know, well, you
3: know the Ku Klux Klan government has repeatedly taken money from the CIA. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, well there's that whole big thing about what was it Elohim City, was mm-hmm. sort of a settlement uh, documented with government operatives and stuff. Right,
2: right. They ran it. CIA yeah. ran it. That's that's established fact. Yep. The report cites hate crime statistics produced by the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Jewish Anti-Defamation League. Organizations that have made a cottage industry out of conflating the Patriot movement and racist groups. Mm-hmm. What remains of the patriot scene today is generally harder core, with an increasing number of groups influenced by the racist and anti Semitic Christian identity theology favored by some American neo Nazi groups. Mm-hmm. Many others have embraced another radical theology, Christian Reconstructionism, the Southern Poverty Law Center claimed in 2001. Patriots entertain mm-hmm. outlandish conspiracy theories and childish fascination with guns as a collection of nuts. People lacking basic reasoning skills, whose arguments were naive at best.
3: You mean like us? It sounds like <laughs> you're describing us. Yeah, like with you with the yes. PhD and me with a bachelor's degree, and we're in on economics. Yeah. yeah, awesome.
2: On February twentieth, two thousand nine, the state of Missouri issued the MIAC Strategic Report. The modern militia movement. It specifically mentions former presidential candidates Ron Paul, Bob Barr, and Constitution Party's Chuck Baldwin, uh, huh. who's been a, a repeated visitor on our yes. show as potentially dangerous militia members. MIAC profiled people opposing abortion, illegal immigration, and the New World Order, the North American Union, income taxes, the United Nations, and other issues of concern to paleoconservative and libertarians as possible terrorists. The report was sent anonymously to Alex Jones and got national attention. Hmm. Uh, it says the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League and Southern Poverty Law Center, SPLC, were instrumental in both the MIC report and the Department of Homeland Security's report on right-wing extremism.
3: What the heck is the Southern Poverty and Law Center?
2: Uh, you will see them pop up frequently. They are a very hard left-wing group. Yeah. That their their apparent motive is to, when when people are having their civil rights violated – Mm -hmm. At least people that they like have their civil rights violated. They come in and try to intervene. But now if you're of a different political persuasion, they They support having your civil rights taken away. Uh, That's what I'm
3: getting. So it's
2: more of a a political group for a certain political idea under the mistaken guise that they're a civil rights group.
3: Yeah, that's what what it seems like. I'm glad that I'm not going crazy.
2: Well, and they are the ones, they and the, and I have to say it, people are going to get worked up, Jewish Anti-Defamation League are the the two that produce all of this information that's given to the government they put them in verbatim in their reports.
3: Yeah. Well the the Mayak thing that was all that all came from the the ADL I believe.
2: Well, and there's going to be a lot of Christians out there that say, "You said Jewish and something bad. You are a an anti-semitic." Well, that's okay. Well,
3: people call me names all the time.
2: You know, I that's just I'm just the reading what's is, happening. The truth is the truth, I guess. You know? Yeah. Who who is attacking who? They are coming after pro-life people, people who believe in like uh you know, end time prophecies, as we mentioned in the other reports mm-hmm. from the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security. You know, they they are the ones that are pointing us. And I am not. I'm saying those people. I'm not saying are the regular, um, classic Jewish, you know, faithful kind of people. There is a secular arm of every background group, religion that is conflated with the the true devotees of a religion. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful not to confuse the two. And now we're probably going to be monitored right now by the oh, same group. That's
3: funny you mention that because I just, a friend of mine that emailed a lot just said he tried to open his email this morning and there were no emails. Everything in his email box was empty and gone. Well,
2: I don't know what caused that. Uh, the uh, It says the Kentucky report lists the Constitution Party in a table with Take Back Kentucky, which actually belongs to the, uh, Credit Union we've mentioned to before here well, at no, Henry he, Lambs he, yeah well, I but they're, they're a they're a dangerous militia group Ranch yeah. Rescue and Kentucky State Militia
3: Ranch Rescue uh,
2: Patriot yes Patriot groups define themselves as opposed to the New World Order how dare they or advocate or adhere to extreme anti-government or conspiratorial doctrines the caveat below the table states. Now, you notice these groups are the ones who sort of de facto running the government by putting the words in the mouth of what the government wants. Mm-hmm. So naturally, they're going to be against people who are against that. Yeah. Uh, it says uh, this list was compiled. Oh, i was saying listing here does not imply they uh, groups themselves advocate or engage in violence or a racist. This list was compiled. However, they're just joined with them. Yeah. Uh This list was compiled from field reports, Patriot publications, the Internet, law enforcement officials, and news reports, and this came from the Southern Poverty Law Center. If Patriot groups are not racist, then why are they included in a report that concentrates on hate crimes and the Ku Klux Klan? As previously noted on InfoWars and Prison Planet, the SPLC and the ADL are in the business of demonizing the Patriot and larger paleoconservative and libertarian movement as dangerous terrorists, on the radical and extremist fringe of the American political landscape, including the Constitution Party, now considered a mainstream political party, and a report dwelling on the imperial clans of America and neo-Nazi American National Socialist Workers' Party is part of a concerted effort to de- delegitimize and stigmatize the patriot movement.
3: That's awesome. I like how they do that. That's, a, that's actually a very old propaganda tactic. Go, You know those, those fringe... Those fringe sort of political groups, you know, the neo-Nazis, mm-hmm. the Constitution Party, and, uh, uh, you know, the Black Panthers. Right. You know. Go like, by association. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, I, I downloaded a copy of that report, and uh-huh. sure enough, it's right there. Wow. I like, put all these guys together. It says in a KTVI Fox News piece, the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, characterizes the Constitution Party as a fringe right-wing political party with extremist roots. Hmm. The Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet needs to remove this obvious and defamatory propaganda from its website immediately, or or at a minimum, remove mention of Patriot Groups from this SPLC-ADL-produced report. And he, this is for all our Kentucky listeners. We have lots of Kentucky listeners yeah. via the radio as well as Internet.
3: You want to give a phone number out?
2: Yeah, the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet's Office Secretary may be reached at 502-564-7554. And that's 502-564-7554, the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet's office. And all of our many listeners out there in Kentucky, uh, you know who else is included in those groups? Robert Hyde mm-hmm. is in this group. Uh, Ed Parker, who's a, a wonderful older gentleman mm-hmm. who is God-fearing, loves the Lord, loves his country, yeah. wants the best for everyone, wants to protect everybody's civil rights, and they have put him and his group in
3: here. They're terrorists now. Terrorists. But it's a When will the
2: church wake up?
3: When the FEMA cup truck backs up to the church and starts herding people in?
2: Maybe, maybe halfway riding to the camp. Yeah,
3: they're like on the way to the camp, and somebody's holding them down with a taser, and they go. Maybe there's something not right here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I thought these were our friends.
3: Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't do this to me. Uh, I'm a Christian. No, American. this is
2: I, this is a conspiracy theory. I'm not. Yeah, I'm this, not this here right now. This is really happening. This is a dream.
3: This must be some sort of weird vision from God. Yeah. Okay,
2: you got something there to. Uh, sounds like maybe a little.
0: Re- yeah, we related. pretty much
3: got the same, almost the same, same exact vein, story. okay.
2: Um, uh,
3: this this is a uh, deals with just pretty much the same thing here. Uh, another document designated Americans as terrorists has, uh, designating Americans as terrorists has surfaced. The document, entitled Crisis Controlled, Assessing Potential Threats of Violence, authored by Trooper John R. Wright, is posted on the official website of the Commonwealth of Virginia under the Department of Human Resources Management. In March, the Virginia State Police and the Virginia Fusion Center produced a report entitled 2009 Virginia Terrorism Threat Assessment. In response, Virginia Governor Timothy M. Kane ordered an investigation of the fusion center. The report designates university based student groups as terrorist groups. Okay. You know, it's like the chess club on in, yeah. at
2: VT. Glee Club. Yeah.
3: Terrorists. <laughs> Presented in slideshow format, the latest document lists gun control lists gun rights, pro life, constitutional issues and tax protesters, and anti-government groups as domestic terror threats. Anarchists, separatists, single-issue, and religious cults are, are listed along with Al-Qaeda, Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Jihad, Aryan nations, neo-Nazis, skinheads, black separatists, and the Ku Klux Klan. Under Pro, the FBI provided covert aid to the Ku Klux Klan, Minutemen, Nazis, and other racist vigilantes. The Elohim City Settlement... Quote unquote," connected to documented gover- government operative Timothy McVeigh and is linked to the uh, and linked to the Aryan Nations and other white supremacist groups was infiltrated and run by the Southern Poverty Law Center and the FBI.
2: Hmm. Uh, you know, let's see,
3: Elohim Rockefeller. So they're
2: calling the people who are terrorists is actually operations that are now admitted to be running by the FBI. Yes, yes, according just like those terrorists they caught a, a month or so ago that we're going to shoot all those airplanes out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And they're so glad they saved us. They were a, a bunch FBI, of stoners, yeah. Well, and the FBI guy <laughs> went into the mosque, initiated the project, started oh, it. Oh, I can't believe got, this, Mark. This is so ridiculous. Got some guys of limited intelligence, yeah, offered money in front of them, and as soon as they agreed to do it, they came and locked them up and declared victory. Yeah. And said, by the way, that's why we got to be careful about closing Guantanamo. That's why we got to... You know, keep up the work on this terrorism front. Mm-hmm. Cause look, we, you know, we got a bunch of. If they're not there, losers. we'll drum them up. If yeah. they're not there, we'll we'll fabricate. Yeah, the terrorists.
3: there you go. There, fabricating terrorists. Here we go. Um, you want some more? Or? Uh, whatever. Yeah. In short, many, if not most, of the terrorist groups listed in the crisis control document are false flag operations specifically designated to discredit and subvert legitimate opposition of the government. Trooper John R. Wright's slideshow weighs heavily on protective measures against these manufactured threats. He tells us that terrorists will try to fit in and cite Timothy McVeigh, John Luke Helder, the so-called mailbox bomber, and Sarah Jane Olson, uh, who was, by the way, Patsy, uh, I, a.k.a. Kathleen Solia uh, of the Symbionese, Symbionese Liberation Army. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wright urges citizens to actively... Become snoops and instructs them to consider innocuous behavior as suspected terrorist activity. People who avoid community contact and value privacy are to be considered possible terrorists, as well as those who make unusual purchases or have numerous visitors and meetings. Yeah, Make an unusual (laughs) purchase or having making having people coming by the house. Why are you looking me funny? You've got to have them. You watch out. Unusual purchases and numerous visitors and meetings. I, no, I'm looking at you because this whole thing is just so ridiculous. And yet it jives with everything that we've done here, right. you know, talked about so far.
2: Oh, I know we feel like we're preaching to the choir. But yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you understand this already, please start telling this to people in your church. Please prepare them for what's being set up. We, we've, I believe we're on the horizon before too long of a crystal knock like they did with the Jews, where they came and broke all of the windows in the shops, and mm-hmm. that began the major step up in the persecution. Mm-hmm. They've already branded us Christians who believe in protecting the unborn, who believe in the Second Amendment, who believe in uh, civil rights, who believe in the Bill of Rights as as terrorists and haters. Mm-hmm. And before long, people are going to have carte blanche to go attack businesses, churches, mm-hmm. you know, do things like that. It's... It's the way history does things. Yeah,
3: well, there you go. You were 100% right, in my opinion. But what do I know? Nobody listens to me. Um, the Virginia State Police, anyway, about all of this stuff, the Virginia State Police need to receive complaints about this latest document. The Virginia State Police terrorist tip hotline is 877-4-V-A-TIPS, T-I-P-S. Uh, that's one eight seven seven four 877 4 vatips the telephone number to the Virginia State Police Administrative Headquarters is eight zero four six seven four two nine three six, and the administrative office handles questions concerning the Department of Policy and Procedures. and The email address would be Bonnie Crowder at vsp. Gov. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, please contact the Virginia State Police and politely indicate you do not appreciate the police urging citizens citizens to become snoops and characterizing lawful behavior as
2: terrorism as terrorists could I could I call and report the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Anti-Defamation League as terrorists because they're terrorizing law enforcing law abiding citizens I don't and they're know. trying to deprive them of their civil rights and free speech. I think they fit the criteria. Maybe we
3: should make some just sort of off-the-cuff phone calls. We've got all these phone numbers here.
2: <laughs> well, can I read? just? We're yeah. just about out of time. I'd like you just, to just share something real quick, just something to go up on a, on a positive, happy. upbeat. Yeah. Uh, a whistleblower who defected from the Pakistani Taliban has been assassinated just days after he claimed that the group was working with U.S. intelligence to destabilize the country. <laughs> Khwari Zainuddin, a tribal leader of the South Waziristan region of Pakistan Was shot dead on Tuesday by a gunman said to be loyal to a Pakistani Taliban chief uh, Analysts said that his murder was a serious blow to the military campaign against the militants As support of his faction was considered crucial uh, He, he uh, Zainuddin rejected Masood's Taliban tribe and shifted his allegiance to the Pakistani government uh, following a string of suicide bombings. Uh, it says uh, uh, one of Kwaria uh, Zadudin's aides was also injured in the uh, attack that killed the tribal leader. It said that lone gunman was able to enter Zanadin's office and open fire before escaping uninjured. Uh, it was definitely uh, one of Betula, the, the talman's man who infiltrated our ranks. He's done his job. Uh and he says, although the BBC and other mainstream sources highlighted this interview with Zanaidin, they neglected to cover the fact that Zanaidin also reportedly denounced Masood as an American agent. Wow. Okay. Uh, that, that was the head of the Taliban. Both the Iranian and Pakistani media imp- independently covered his remarks, adding that Zanaidin also described uh, Batullah Massoud, this is from the Taliban, as mm-hmm. having strong links with both Indian and Israeli intelligence. In an interview with local media, the defector said that Masood had established strong links with Israeli intelligence services and were destabilizing the nuclear-armed country. Uh, these men were working against Islam. Uh, so meanwhile, Pakistan's largest newspaper carried a report Sunday that highlighted the remarks. So he says, uh, says that Batula was an American and Indian agent. He had killed Benazir Bhutto, and the real jihad was going on in Afghanistan, not Pakistan. Wow. So, just to wrap things up, um, basically, more and more claims, U.S. intelligence. You know, uh, Benazir Bhutto herself, who was the head of Pakistan, claimed other things about uh, bin Laden. Yeah. I, and and it, well, she was killed that. right after that, things that didn't go very well. Yeah, so, Yeah, well. That's but, okay. Yeah,
3: well, there you have it.
2: Speaking of terrorists. <laughs> I was just going to say that.
3: Barb, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: would you come in and tell our listeners how to contact us here at Quick? Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
2: Okay. All right. Any uh, last words, buddy? Um, There's never enough time, is there? No. Oh, we should do a new show just one week. Just Maybe. stack them up and go through? Uh,
3: there's so many. There's that whole thing. Would
2: anybody listen to us?
3: I don't know. There was that whole thing about those guys getting caught with 134 billion $1.5 right. billion. Dollars. I told you about it. Right. In, in bonds. It, yeah. Yeah. I bonds. think we
2: mentioned on the show briefly oh, here, me. but it right. di- disappears off the news. You never yeah. hear about it at all. Yeah. Ladies I gotta, and gentlemen. i
3: got to go to German websites and babble fish them to read about yeah. it. It's ridiculous.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, keep turning here for the news you don't hear anywhere else. Uh, come back for a great new uh, story and special guest next week. But until then, we hope your future is always bright.
0: Have a good day. Ciao. Join us next time. As we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake.
1: There are new dreams crowding our old realities. There's revolution sweeping it like a fresh new breeze.